With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Greetings, Zogling, Winger, Man's Ass, Clouds Across Food, and Zog playing here in the open air Coast to Coast Net House. We call Zog Mad Mom the third and the final, but this show, as always, is aimed at the lost and the found sheep of the house of Israel. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Christ's call. Greetings. This is episode number, what, 302 of the Moon Turd. Uh, today is the 1st of November, 2015. Uh, my watch says it's 11.30, which means it's really 10.30, because the stupid watch has gotten to where it doesn't want to change the time. So since I've been about an hour early for about everything except for this here, I've been uh, oh, pretty well listening to a number of things. Uh, this morning, this morning I was uh, essentially recovering from an all-nighter yesterday, an all-nighter yesterday, and pretty well this federal judge, uh, Stephen Bow, has given me order to show cause. Uh, why the rump of the lawsuit should not be dismissed here. The the rump of the lawsuit against my brother and his girlfriend, uh, baby mama, the hippo, and essentially now against the long-assed Corporal Orrin Mars and Sheriff Ken Copeland. Now, what this federal judge has done is that uh, I went ahead way back on February 18, 2013, I went ahead and filed it on the 22nd, and the whole point of filing the lawsuit at the time was to prevent my brother, my brother who has essentially became totally evil and unhinged through greed. Uh, My whole point was to keep him from essentially selling, you know, selling the family family house. He was wanting to sell him the hippo because he did not want my mother coming back from South Dakota, where he had her stashed here. So essentially, that was his idea of doing it. Now, folks, uh, you have these people who essentially do evil. The reason they do evil is because they are evil. You can argue, you know, like with my brother here, he will, you know, he will convince himself that somehow I have stolen from him, even though, even though he has what the hundred fifty thousand dollars that my mom was given. Well, was left after taxes from other thieves upon uh, essentially the Jenny estate here, you know, Jay Samuels estate here. Now, my mother, you know, she had a good deal of Osborne in her, and essentially that is, uh, you know, that is unlike the uh, the Samuelsons, the Vensons, Swensons, and the Linsteads who came from the area Helsingborg. And it's also like. Uh, the Schmitz, who came from, well, Prussia. They were probably Franconian and Saxon peasants brought in, brought in by the Teutonic Knights around 1300 
to essentially settle this area which had been reconquered by the Teutonic Knights from the Slavs, a.k.a. the Winds. All right. Well, later on, later on, let me see. What else am I? I'm sort of... I'm sort of going ahead and looking for something here. Let me see if I can't find that particular lawsuit here. By the way, old Nigger Lips is playing the same thing he plays against me and every you know everybody else. He's already filing a motion to strike my answer. He doesn't like the fact that I'm pointing out to anyone who wants to listen, anyone who wants to go ahead and listen, is that guess what? He's uh, essentially essentially uh well essentially he's just simply a mongol criminal who uh well lives off a you know corrupt you know corrupt system here now he's up to what thirty lawsuits up there so in any case uh let's see uh no guest number two uh we might even have tonto tonto listens into this show and sometimes he gets clever he tries to get clever. Uh, about why, about his little games. Uh, Tonto is not very smart, though. Uh, Tonto is really just a card. Well, hell. Uh, You know, Tonto is, well, you know, in the word, delusional. You understand that, that Tonto is delusional because, hey, it's just really just, you know, Tonto's just a red nigger. That's all Tonto is. Tonto is just simply a rather idiotic red nigger whose daddy Rufus was following his uncle Newman, his brother Newman, and essentially Newman was in the mold of his daddy, who was a Pentecostal lynchhead preacher in northeast Oklahoma, and I keep on here in Ottawa County. Essentially, Tonto is actually, you know, he's actually made a you know, good deal of Indian. That's why. Him, he doesn't want to show his face here. Now, Wes Walker is a Sicilian Guido mongrel, but he likes showing his face because he looks white. Uh, this R.D. Bradshaw, another Sephardic Indian who uh, started out as a Seventh-day Adventist, which is a religion favored by niggers who want to pretend they're you know, black Hebrews, which is, I guess, if you like that sort of thing, I guess it's fine. Uh, I don't really take any of it seriously. And now R.D. Bradshaw has become a Talmudic schooler. Uh, he's claiming R.D. Bradshaw is that he's able to impersonate convincingly a essentially an Arab mongrel. And I don't doubt it here. I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to impersonate an Arab mongrel, uh, but good old R.D. Bradshaw is. And more than likely, Johnny Tonto would be able to impersonate a red nigger. And the critter... Just like all these Indians here, it just came to me wanting something. Uh, back in 2005, it wanted me to bring up its drunken, uh, coke-snorting buddy, uh, you know, let's see, uh, Morse Collette. It wanted me to put it in Butler's seat or help put it in Butler's seat. Folks, uh, Butler, you know, Butler created his own, well, he created his own church, so to speak. Uh, I don't, I don't really worry too much about it here. Uh, it pretty well died with Butler, but you will end up having a whole bunch of Mongol tars who paid twenty five dollars plus the first month's you know dues in order to become a corporal major in what they call area nations. You don't know who they are. 
You don't know what they look like. They essentially are just a bunch of tarts. You know, same with Johnny Tonto here. He he doesn't really he doesn't really follow Christian. I think. He doesn't really. I don't think he doesn't really believe it. Doesn't really live it. I mean, shoot, Tonto just simply sticks his dick wherever he can and you know gets whatever he wants to. And then, you know, these women, they screw and end up having babies, and he abandons them here. He's, he's more like a nigger, really. But in any case, uh, where was I here? So you have all these tars pretending to be something or another. But anyway, getting on, you know, getting on, you know, getting on with uh, this one case here. I went ahead, and I forced myself to listen, to listen to this February 18th call from between 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock p.m. And this was, you know, I'll put up the thread to it. Okay. Let's see. Well, I, I guess you are being a mongrel. You do call in, and that's fine here. It uh, looks like my talk shoe, uh, essentially, or the talk shoe sort of seems to have quit for a second here. So, anyway, where was I? need to go ahead and save the chat. Since this is going to be... Well, I don't know if this is going to be a very long show because I'm going to have to pull an all-nighter tonight. So I may not have a very long show at that here. Let's see. Okay, I'm looking at this here. No, folks, it's just that uh, I went ahead and listened to it. Essentially, this Corporal Barnes didn't know Pickle at all here. I go ahead and listen here. And what what was funny here is that he said whatever Mrs. Winstead wants will go. Well, what happens is that my mom said five times, Mike, I don't know, Mike, I don't know, Mike, I don't know, I don't know, Mike, to selling her house. And this old the old woman always, I believe, had the hope and the dream and the prayer that someday she would be able to come back home and live and see her, you know, one, you know, see her grandkid child uh, from Pilk and the Hippo, although she did, he did not, she did not like the Hippo at all. Thought she was a gold digger. In the same way, uh, the Hippo is a total bitch. The Hippo is a total evil bitch. And essentially nobody really likes her here. Anyway, no, not a long show here. Okay, it looks like the thing is. Anyway, you go to that thread. You go to that thread here, and then you go to, oh, where was I here? You go to, uh, you know, you go to the actual uh, listing. It's 41 minutes long. And since you have people screaming at me, and I'm yelling back at him, and my sister decided to call the Newton County uh, Sheriff's Department because Piggook, uh, has the idea that he gets to assault me. And the thing about it is, I'm not really scared of him, but the problem of it is, is that probably I could kill him, but then I'd be in a lot of trouble, and, you know, hey, uh, you know, although Mike has murdered my, my mom, and essentially, uh, I don't know, if he, you know, he did his best to, well, essentially, uh, he was wishing that I was sent to prison for the rest of my life so that he could do whatever he wants here. My brother essentially is a totally evil creature here. And for all practical purposes, he's let himself be eaten out my greed. And you got to understand is that he comes mainly from the Osborne line, which does kill family. 
you know, just like Jenny did, uh, you know, you, you know, try, you know, killed her husband and tried to kill her daughter. Later on, later on, why my, you know, my brother killed, you know, his mother. You know, for money. I mean, shoot. I mean, this, you know, this is, you know, in a well-run, in a well-run social organization. I mean, essentially, my brother and the hippo and his spawn would be put to death, and there would be no more problem with this sort of shit. This shit would end. This shit would end. But pretty well, what he does is that he is allowed to do that, and he is helped out by the Newton County Sheriff's Department, and he's helped by, helped out by Kevin Lee Selby and Judge Timothy Pergo. Listening to that here, essentially this uh, pig, Corporal Barnes, he knew exactly who I was. He didn't even know who Mike was. You go ahead and have this argument going on. And we're out, we're out here with Martin and um, something. Okay, so he figured out it was my brother. Essentially, what what he did is that, oh, at, uh, you know, at uh, what, 30, you know, you know 30, um, let me see, you know, at 35, 20, 35 minutes, 26 seconds, well, okay. He goes ahead and he admits defeat, and then Corporal Barnes comes back, he decides to change tack. He says, uh, who's going to clean this up as if the place needs to be cleaned up for sale? Now, he's always said is that Mike should go ahead and sell the entire farm. Please pretend that the place needs to be sold. Well, no, the place does not need, need to be sold. Essentially, Mike is justified to where he owns the farm. He owns, he, he owns everything. And there is no dealing with greedy people like that. I found out later that Mike had been fucking a fat woman named Jane, who's Roxy's friend. And way back, you know, after Jenny died in 1997, he said he was going to get, you know, whatever Mom had, as much of the ranch as he could, and he'd have the farm as well. And he used to say, well, Dad and Mom wanted me to have the farm. I said, well, that was before you betrayed Father and killed Mother, though. I mean, you don't, you don't really want to know what I think you deserve. Of course, he does. He does know what he deserves. I mean, when he was saying that he was glad the government sent Dad to prison, he said, "Well, people, you know, people, you know, you you would you would hang people like me." And the answer was quite correct. I would. But on the other hand, I've thought about it, and like I told, you know, like I told with this judge, why not use people like that to destroy the rest here? You know, my brother, my brother, he's not stupid. He's just immoral. And I'm thinking of essentially using 10% of the pigs and the lawyers to exterminate, send to hell the 10% in order for them to even just survive. So you don't don't go ahead and worry about the world like you think it ought to be. You take the world as it is. And the world is evil. The world belongs to Satan. But moving on, uh, this judge is saying that there was an eighth U.S. circuit precedent to where pigs get to go ahead and threaten to arrest you. But if they don't threaten you, arrest you, why, they get to go off for free. Well, what that means is that a pig can make a treasonous claim of essentially arresting you and having the capacity to murder you. And if you fight back 
and the illegal arrest, why, hey, you could be murdered and certainly charged with felonies and such prison for the rest of your life, but pigs get to go ahead and make these threats here. And the answer to that is, okay, Judge, that's the way you want it. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter doesn't matter what the law is. It only matters who's in power. So essentially a pig could go ahead and threaten you with arrest and then proceed to, well, arrest and castration here. And then if you are overarmed and not him, he's not able to proceed, then guess what here? He can't be sued. But if he goes ahead and does it, well, guess what? So then, you know, under this, under this model, this judge, just like every single one of them, they have a notion is that, guess what? They're going to always be in power. But really, when it comes down to it, what these judges are doing is creating a situation to where if they are no longer in power, they are to be put to death. They are to be exterminated. They are to be finished off. That is the that is the realization here. Okay? To attack new prey, well maybe I do, maybe I don't. Maybe I just like the prey I got now here, Carb Hunter. In any case, I'm gonna go ahead and answer that and I'm going to take a transcript of what was said to point out that this particular this particular policeman, he knew who I was. And I'm saying is that, hey, he pretty well, and I've said several times that my mother's death warrant was written around 4.30 p.m. the 18th of February of 2013. Because my brother essentially learned he was a little bit scared about the police coming out. Here is a policeman, and essentially the policeman is saying exactly what side they're on. He figured out he could do anything he wanted to to his own mother, and he did. Now, what happens when I filed this case here, I thought it would just simply be, and it was successful for a while, neither him nor the auctioneer dared sell the house. And a week later, I said, hey, look, ain't you just glad that I didn't let you sell the house, you know, to some beaners or something like that? Because then you wouldn't have no place to go in and run away from the bitch. But... On the 28th of February, I decided, you know, I convinced my sisters that guess what? Selling you know, our mom's property and putting it into his own pocket, we need to have mom declared incompetent. She only has the mentality of a 10 year old. We need to go ahead and stop this thievery. And essentially, we might let Mike be a guardian, but what happens is that she needs at least three guardians, two against. And we need to have an accounting of the estate. So Mike ran up to South Dakota. And then here, this Kevin Lee Selby appointed a rather stupid and, you know, idiotic lawyer named Terry Neff. And I'm convinced, and Mike has, you know, essentially hinted several times, is that he called attorney Terry Neff as guardian ad litem and screamed at him. And we used to haul hay before Terry Neff became a lawyer for Terry Neff. He was a his poor farmer is even worse lawyer. Anyway, he went ahead and wrote a rather about the most idiotic thing to where, you know, how much money my mom allegedly had in South Dakota, why it was more important than, you know, how much property she had in Newton County, Missouri. Well, no. The property's worth over 15000 so therefore it would go to probate, and therefore it is a matter 
or the state of Missouri to make sure that people don't steal everything from as so that they become a drain upon the rest of society. So there is, so there is these laws, there is these rules for a reason. Now, whether or not these people obey the rules, and they don't, nobody really obeys the law, and certainly the most, you know, the higher they are, the less they obey it. Judges don't obey the constipation. They don't obey the Bill of Goods. Police do not, policemen do, police do not either, although they have the, the notion is that when the revolution is, is inevitable, that somehow there's going to be a constipation bill of goods that they're going to get tied behind after having destroyed it all their lives. But anyway, you know, this, you know, this, you know, this pig knew who I was. Sheriff Ken Copeland has told him, you know, they have a policy of however they can to screw me over here. And one of their policies is to essentially force me out of my home in Newton County or in Missouri. When that bogus child molestation case was falling apart because I wouldn't accept a public pretender, but I was no longer at the nut house, well, guess what? This here lawyer came to me, and he wanted money. He says, well, hey, well, the, you know, two judges here, you know, LePage and, uh, you know, Timothy Perigo, and the prostituting attorney, you know, they want you to move at least 400 miles away from Missouri. Certainly they're not from around this area. They don't want you moving over to Kansas or Oklahoma. They want you to move a long ways in return for essentially dismissing provisionally these bogus child molestation charges. That's what I might think about. Essentially, the the baby-killing thieves here wouldn't really allow that to happen here. I mean, they're the ones who really run this. The people who buy and sell white children Really run, really run, you know, really run things here, and that's why that's why you make a point here is that anybody who essentially has anything to do with the with the child protective services here, you put people to death and you destroy their families. You absolutely destroy every single family they got. Anybody sides with them, you destroy them too. Yeah, which goes to show here, here's Johnny Tonto and here's this R.D. Bradshaw. They're both red nigger Mongols here, pretend to be C.I. Dennis, although they're really not. They're really both Pentecostals or Seventh-day Adventists here. I mean, essentially, they're just, you know, niggerized Indians. You know, both probably a little bit of Jew into them. And essentially, they don't have to worry about people stealing their children. Who wants to steal their Mongol children? Who wants to steal their Mongol brats here? I mean, shoot, when uh, Johnny Tonto's third daughter busted through, you know, after she went ahead and slapped around old Johnny Tonto and she jumped through a plate glass window in, what, January of, when was it, 2012? You know, then went ahead and, you know, beat the crap out of this Emmett pig life officer. Here come the other ones here, and I'm not sure they caves or not, but they put her in jail and, you know, nobody really wanted to steal that, you know, essentially that third daughter, Johnny Tonto's, because guess what? She's just simply, you know, from that together now, she's running around with a, you know, a beaner Jew who's a truck driver. You know, I, I keep on I keep on offering to buy, you know, offering to go ahead and buy a, uh, oh, you know, uh, let me see, give it. Coupon for twelve what burritos or tostados or whatever for twelve dollars here, Johnny Tonto here because hey, you know poor old Tonto he's not able to keep all the money. 
But in any case, that's the situation we have. And I was just going ahead and looking at is that today or yesterday, they had for this Radix Journal, this Richard Spencer. Now he looks sort of faggy. He had a bunch of other, you know, he had a bunch of other critters here, sort of faggy. And folks, as far as I'm concerned, since I believe in 10,000 warlords, I, I, you know, I really wouldn't mind if Wigger, you know, Wigger supremacists managed to kill, managed to kill, uh, you know, essentially the regime criminals right now, and they set up a faggot, you know, a Wigger faggot ethno state in San Francisco. I mean, shoot, somebody's going to live in San Francisco. Why shouldn't it be Wigger supremacist faggots? You know, I mean, shoot, I, I sort of, I sort of look at Wisconsin since they kept a lot of few nigger faggots here to be buck boys or to be uh, essentially peggers. But hey, you know, folks, when you believe like I do in the Ten Thousand Warlords program, essentially let every white supremacist essentially take over and kill whoever they need to in order to set up a military dictatorship. And, of course, they'll kill the pigs, they'll kill the lawyers, they'll kill the judges, they'll kill the rich, they'll kill the rich people here, and they'll take whatever the hell they got, their money, their lands, their daughters, whatever the hell they want to. Anybody who sides with the current regime, why well, you just put them to death here. Or you yell them or you do whatever the hell you want to to them. They have no rights. You have no rights to this you know, system, so why should they have any rights under your system? And the answer is they shouldn't. So moving on. Moving on. Uh, where was I? So anyway, they were also, you also had, uh, let's see, you had, you, know, you had Don Black and David Duck are setting up the fifth sperm fart conference in the hills of East Tennessee outside of Knoxville. And they're going to go ahead and have the Nazis get to look at squirrels. And I guess the squirrels will get to look back at Nazis. What does that what does that accomplish? Well, hey, folks are always looking for new tars to tell what to do. I don't think I would be welcome there. But hey, you have all these critters, and what they want to do is that they want to establish white supremacy from the top down with themselves being at the top, and essentially the ones who are going to do the fighting and dying who are going to be on the bottom and who's going to give it to, you know, the great duck or the great whoever. And the answer, that's not how it's going to be working. Is that essentially every little local warlord will kill whoever he needs to kill. Every little local warlord will destroy whoever he needs to destroy. And there will not be, there will not be any little power sharing with intellectual or people, con men who are able to essentially get money for gambling or buying whores or anything like that here. Folks, I have a dream in where there are no less than 10,000 various warlord seas. And folks, the real, the real Christian identity will be to where, hey, look, folks, if you're not white, you have no rights for any white man should respect here. But if you are a Whigger and a traitor, you have even less rights than a nigger does. And if it works out, if it works out to where some of the niggers go ahead and kill off the wiggers or something like that, no great deal. Folks, 
I believe in total decentralization. A place where essentially federal judges or even local Ohio judges, there won't be Mongols to go ahead and make up bogus lawsuits. There won't be Jew boys like Rabbi Fink. I was listening to Rabbi Fink, some of Rabbi Fink's uh, sermon here. He was bitching about libertarians, Rabbi Fink was. And here comes his relatively cool brother and his wife. You know, his brother's a Jew boy. Essentially, his brother, you know, the cool Jew boy who went ahead and raised Fink's, you know, kike spawn. And essentially, from what I gather, these Jews didn't really want to be Jews, so they pretend to be Roman Catholics here. It didn't really fit very well. I mean, shoot, the uh, you know, the uh, cool Jew boy who's uh, named Robert Fink, he, you know, he was visiting his brother here. He went ahead and raised, you know, William Fink's spawn here. And they essentially were... You know, crypto Marino Jews here. You know, the, the nigger nosed one named Edward, he went to Yankton, South Coast, found a moon faced Yankton Sioux Squaw. You know, maybe maybe he's gonna figure out how to cook up kosher skunk and dog. Who knows? Here's Frank, running around, screaming about liberty. Look, Frank, uh, you're a Jew. You're a murderous Jew pig. You're running around with Savan Packy Shanks, a Packy. Essentially, running around with Star Prada Mamzer here, Rowan Rouse, who's a Mongol who has a bunch of nigger spawn. Why in the world would anyone take you seriously? Why would, you know, I mean, you really ought to be an Ayn Rand, Liberty, you know, Kite, you know, Ayn Rand Kite, Libertoon Kite, sort of like, well, sort of like Alex Wonder is. You know, but then again, you have that sort of deranged. You end up having a Hungarian Magyar Yentis tank like Carolyn Yeager. You know, she is ovulating to Rabbi Fink. You have, let me see, in addition, you have, uh, who else? Besides Rabbi Fink. You have, uh, let me think. You have, uh, you know, you have Carolyn Yenta. You have, you know, Rabbi Fink, I guess he's ovulating to Hitler. You know, you had old sword nigger here ovulating to you know, Hitler. I mean, shoot. All these critters uh, worship Hitler as if he's the Archangel Michael, which was what Fink said one time. Now, folks, Hitler is dead. He's not coming back. Essentially, anybody who has a delusion that they are going to rule Zog Babylon from the top down or, you know, get somebody like Donald Trump or anybody else to rule Zog Babylon from top down, and somehow they're going to stop Zog Babylon from falling apart or decaying or rotting, they're the ones who are delusional. Folks, anybody who really seeks power does whatever the hell he wants to or whatever the hell he can get away with. And there is no real constipation. It is essentially whatever somebody who thinks they're in power says it is. There's going to come a time when no, none of them will. They will simply be dying in debt. And there will be chaos in the land. And the only order that will be imposed is by your local warlords who essentially get a 
grip or a hard grip on what military ability or what food or whatever else there is. There's not going to be any rulership from the top down because everything's wadded out from the top and from the bottom and in the middle. There's nothing found other than the small pockets of white people who know how to behave as they sort are determined to live. So anyway, that's my monologue for tonight. I'm gonna go ahead and check the uh gonna go ahead and check the chat and we'll be back in four or five minutes. Hail victory. Ah, yes. If you listen closely, that slurping sound is the sound of old queef proof. Old queef. You know, old queef of juice militia. Uh, Essentially, slurping, you know, slurping and, you know, bringing aside old militia. You know, (laughs) bringing aside old militia. Before skin and all that, but thank God. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've pretty well seen all these, you know, uh, let's see, I think it was, you know, winter 2011 to 2012, the Truth Militia, and they were on Zog Talk, 
they're on Zog Talk. And old Keith, he was he was an atheist. Now he's now he's you know gone. Ask them out, the Rabbi Frank here. At least the last thing about a couple months ago. So welcome, you know, welcome, uh, welcome, Keith. Why, hey, unlike unlike on Rabbi Frank's, uh, we don't censor. We don't go ahead and censor uh, charge here. If you want to call in, you can call in. You know, if you want to argue with me, you can argue with me. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What time is it? Also a little bit after eleven, and that is fine. Oh heck, I'm uh, I'm looking at the copy data over on uh, over on this other thing with Jake. Uh, generally, generally when I work on when I work on uh, when I work on this legal shit here, you always get feeling a little bit unclean because well, hey, it's just simply. Uh, it's just simply an evil job here. I mean, it's not about law. It's not about justice. It never was. It's not about law, even. I mean, essentially, these people do whatever the hell they want to. And they have the notion that somehow, somehow, that they're going to somehow keep it all together. And they're not. They're not. I mean, shoot, in this in this bowel movement of ours, in this bowel movement of ours, uh, oh, after truth malicious uh, thing here, uh, Hal, I don't know if Hal did get the money. Uh, folks, it's it might be Hal Turner financing. It might not. Heck, or Hal, Hal Turner, you know, he claims he's bankrupt. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's coming back. Maybe, you know, if he has more money to go on shortwave now. Somebody said shortwave doesn't cost that much. And maybe it doesn't. I don't know. You know, there will be people like Mona Montgomery who will send him money. Somewhere I got a $100 check that Mona Montgomery sent me, and I said it's fine. I don't know if I'm going to cash it. Probably not. Well, $100 in a $50 show, that can keep Hal Turner up for, what, two months? And that's fine. There, you, know, it, it, you know, look, folks, if you want, to have entertainment. Let me say that Hal Turner was entertainment. Hal Turner was amusing. It still is, from my gather. You know, you, I want to listen to the first show. He was whining like a pussy about how he was treated by the Zog pigs after he'd done his best to go ahead and send other people to you know, the same treatment by the Zog pigs. I don't have any. I don't have any attention or respect for Hal Turner. You know, that said, that said, folks, uh, let's say you want to spend $85 as a tard to go see the duck and Don Black. You know, the duck is in from Europe from trying to find some Ukrainian pussy here or whatever. And the duck, you know, is trying to get some dog pussy or whatever. He's back too and he's, he's, he's going ahead and you know, playing with Tars, he's playing with Wiggers well. By the way, the Southern Poverty Law Center come up with more, you know, essentially, quote, intelligence report here. You know, and I'd like, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to, uh, I need to go ahead and probably write an open letter to Dylan Wolf here. I don't know if we'll get to him. 
you know, folks, uh, hey, these people do whatever the hell they want to. These pigs do whatever the hell they want to. So I was, I was looking back at stuff that happened back 2005, a decade ago, when I'm in jail. And essentially, Kevin Lee Selby uh, violated the law and held secret court proceedings here, where he went ahead and looked at the, uh, you know, looked at the, uh, oh, he went ahead and looked at the uh, psychiatrist report. And so he was a little Jew medical student, and this Stephen Madrocchio, which you know Stephen the conductor Madrocchio, you know uh, he's called the conductor because he'll write your ticket to send you uh, to that house if that's what the people in charge want him to do. So the so the answer is that hey, uh, folks, it's not about law. It never really was here. The so-called constipation was. Well, essentially violated, uh, well, during the time of old John Adams here, this Alien Sedition Act here. Well, guess what? The Congress, well, I don't want Thomas Jefferson and the Democrats uh, essentially making fun of them, you know, sort of like Brian Real. So what they did, what they did is that they, uh, you know, essentially they passed, essentially you can't say whatever you want. Now, folks. If Thomas Jefferson had wanted to do so here, especially if Kentucky and the other states would want to do so, they could have just simply seceded. Now, Kentucky and Virginia went ahead and said, but guess what? The, the process of nullification. This federal law don't mean shit if we don't want to obey it. And Thomas Jefferson went ahead and wrote that, what, 1798? Well, by Virginia. If nobody, if nobody wants to, if nobody wants to, you know, keep any of these federal laws or local laws or the rest, including the, you know, people who are in power, the judges, well, guess what? How long do you think that any of this stuff will last? The answer is that none of it will last very long. They will indeed do whatever the hell they want to, and then sooner or later, neither will anyone else. No one else will buy you know, or will essentially violate, you know, keep these laws. So you have all these people, all these people, like criminals, thinking or hoping that there's going to be law, but they don't want to obey it. All these people wanting to be in CI dentistry, or all these people wanting to be in the white nationalist movement. Folks, if you're going to go ahead and pay to see the duck or Don Black, or have to go to see Kevin McDonald or Richard Spencer or Greg Johnson or something like that here, you're not serious. You're just simply a tard who wants to be a tard, I guess, in charge. I don't know. What's the point? What is the point? Okay. Anyway, coming for the latest age of Steve here. Uh, The Unabomber, you know. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. 
Well, yes, number 27 is probably Tonto here. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take about a 30-second break, and I'm going to have Cornelius Condrenu help save the show. So anyway, we'll be back in about 30 seconds. Hail victory. Hello, Cornelio, right? Hey, how you doing tonight, Martin? Oh, I'm preparing for another all-nighter. Uh, That's what I hear, yeah. Yep, yeah, because essentially, though, the hardest one was the hardest one was writing the one for my brother and the hippo. Now, I despise the hippo. I just soon skin her out here. But on the other hand, she's, you know, she's evil. She's vicious. I mean, shoot. Uh if you're so vicious that you get fired, that you get fired from uh, working at the Newton County Always Detention, you know, often torture and sometimes even murder center, I mean, if you're so vicious, if you're so vicious that you get fired from there, I mean, shoot, I I probably want her to be working for, you know, essentially the, uh, you know, the uh, – resistance jewag here, you know what I mean? Because she would be vicious to uh, essentially a number, you know, she'd be vicious to her former pig friends here, you know what I mean? Oh, she, she worked, doesn't have any more. Oh, she working at the prison or something? Oh, she worked at the Duke County Jail. She was so vicious. <laughs> I mean, shoot, you've got to re- be really vicious, you know, for being mean to prisoners, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, either that or they caught her bringing in drugs or something like that. I mean, you got to, you got to be know. a... She, a pretty worthless piece of shit to get fired from a government job. I mean, man. Well, especially the Newton County Jail. I mean, essentially you couldn't have a felony conviction. You know, you didn't even need to have a high school diploma to work there. You know what I mean? It's just simply feed the animals here. You know what I mean? Yep. But, yep. You know, my brother, my brother, essentially, if you listen to that, if you listen to that 41 minutes, I mean, he has just simply convinced himself that I've stolen from him. Like, you know, I've stolen from him that trailer down there. Well, no. In 1999, it wasn't offered to him. It was offered to me. And essentially, my brother and my sister were fighting over spending about thirty dollars to $50,000. Of my mom's money, she got 150000 back on a brand-new house or a brand-new trailer house. I said, it ain't the, it ain't the house. It's the, it's the housekeeping, and Mom's housekeeping is atrocious. You know, I mean, essentially, she would just muck it up anyway. But I was offered I was offered for $11,500 a, a trailer house for the hill, and later on they won 12000 essentially. That was a good deal because the property was worth, oh, probably fifteen sixteen. It was a well It was a well-constructed double-wide. And essentially, essentially, my brother, he gets more and more psychotic because essentially what he has planned on is that I let him be the guardian. And that was a mistake for mine. But anyway, everything he said that my sister would do, he ended up doing. You know, not my sister. You know what I mean? So in November 2012, I make up with my sister, her, her husband, her first husband's dad, and he didn't like mom. Essentially, that's why I didn't, you know, have my mom essentially declared incompetent, bring her back when Mike took her up in May 2009. But here he is screaming at me, 
when I find out, and he says, you know, I wish that they had sent you to prison for life here so I could do whatever I want. You know, he, he's not allowed me to go into my own trailer to do that. Now, what do you do with somebody like that? And the answer is that you either skin him out or you set him to torturing other people here. And I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty well told this judge is that shoot, someone who will kill their own mother is someone who will go ahead and kill regime criminals' mothers here. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, shoot, folks, you use you use evil people, use evil people to dispose of other evil people, and then you decide whether or not you're going to let them live here. But you know, you, you know, you you keep an eye yeah. on them, you know, under the new. I don't know. I think you just dispose of evil people myself because if you, if that yeah, had yeah. been done yeah. with, you know, then what 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 happened to your mother? It never happened in the first place. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, we always well, wait too long. There's there's no question oh, yeah. about it. I mean, he is your but, brother, though. I mean, I, you know, as oh, much yeah, as you may yeah. hate his guts, he is no, no, I family, hate him. I suppose. I, I, I understand him because you got to understand, we came from the same womb. I mean, uh, essentially, he doesn't take so much after the Winsteads or the Samuelsons, the Vensons, uh, Schmitz here. He comes, he takes from the Osborne side of the family. He takes from the, uh, the Strathclotters and Lowland Scots here. That's what he take. That's who he takes from here. And essentially, you know, Jenny was the worst one a lot here. The oldest one, a girl, was the oldest one was a girl. She was essentially a school teacher who really was sort of feeble. You know, not very. You know, didn't have very much. Didn't really have very much. The second daughter, Annie, married a Jew. You know what I mean? And. Uh, <laughs> You know, the the third one, you know, I don't know where she found she found a Jew in Nebraska. You know, she was running around in Nebraska and she found her a Jew, I think in Omaha. I wouldn't be surprised here. He was a rather worthless Jew here, but even even by Jew standards he was sort of worthless, you know. And essentially then the uh you know, then uh, Jenny, why old Martin was wanting to go ahead and uh, marry the first oldest daughter, the one who became a school teacher you know, Elsie, but old Jenny had a Model T, and she was named after this mule because old man Osborne, old man Osborne, uh, he was a GAR vet. You know, he was in the Union just like, you know, just like Charles, you know, Charles uh, uh, Svensson or Carl Svensson, who, you know, anglicized the name to Charles Samuelson. But he, you know, he was uh, pretty well... You know, he claimed he'd been kicked by an army mule down a well and got pneumonia as a result of it, and he got a pension for the rest of his day. So he named his youngest daughter after the female mule that kicked him, you know, down the well, named her Jenny. And then the youngest one was was a boy named Clinton, and Clinton was pretty nice. He married a fairly good woman, and especially when he was young, he, uh, you know, he got six months in the Stanley County workhouse for stealing pigs, you know what I mean? But he he never really was vicious or mean or evil here, you know what I mean? Elsie wasn't really vicious, mean, or evil. The second daughter, Annie, why well, she married a Jew here, so that you know, that sort of work that sort of worthless. But old Jenny was essentially the evilest bitch here. And my uh oh Martin was the youngest one of a lot of eleven children who survived and uh they all survived, you know, to maturity. And Annie and Celia were school teachers, and they said that Jenny will be the death. Uh, it will essentially be the ruination of a family because they knew what what the Osbournes were like here. I mean, you lived out in the country in South Dakota, 
you knew your neighbors. You knew people who lived the other end of the county here. I asked, I asked my grandmother, Emma, what was old Jenny's mother like? You know what Jenny's like? Well, what the hell is Jenny's mother like? She said, oh, she was the damnedest old rip who ever traipses around the country wasting shoe leather and bothering people. You know what I mean? So, any case, uh, I don't know what my great-grandmother was like here, great-grandmother was like, but for my years, she was a bitch, too. So, anyway, mm. uh, you know, and essentially, Mike's married, Mike's married essentially a bitch. A total, a freaking, there's nobody. I don't think even our own family really likes that bitch here. And I asked this friend of mine, uh, you know, Hal, you know, who uh, came down and said, what, what's, what's Piggle? Because I've seen her once here. Piggle wanted to introduce her. And she, she was, she had a football, she had a football, she had a footballer's body, and she had a very little head right at the top, just like a little pea on top of a, you know, on top of a, uh, essentially a wallet. You know what I mean? And yeah, now she's yeah. filled out. And I call her, I call her the hippo. But in any case, uh, well, it was what you call Roxy. Yeah, Roxy's bigger than the hippo. I said, yes, but you got to understand is that of all the critters in Africa here, why hippos kill more people combined than crocodiles, lions, uh, leopards, Cape buffalo, <laughs> hippo, and, and elephants here. You know what I mean? Hippos, hippos <coughs> kill more niggers than, you know, crocodiles, you know, than all the other, you know, dangerous animals combined. You know what I mean? The good animals, then, is what you're saying. So, so anyway, anyway, she was she was uh, stopping. So anyway, I was, you know, I mean, I'd skid her out in a heartbeat here. But on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, you know, that bitch, that bitch would be, she would work for me just like, uh, you know, just like a bunch of Jew boys and other critters work for Iron Felix Duszynski here. You know, and so she would be useful. And my brother, why, hey. You gotta understand is that hey, he he gets from the side of the family which kills people. You know what I mean? It kills people for profit. Jenny went ahead, knocked off old Martin, and essentially Piggle went ahead and uh, knocked off mom here. And he may have gone ahead and his best to betray me and he certainly he certainly he, he loved dad but he also hated dad. He he loves me and he hates me too. You know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm the one who understands him the best here. But no, he is, you know, he is what he is here. And so, you know, can you blame, and it's, it's given me some understanding here because you can't really blame Jews for how he turned out to be. You can't really blame Mongols for how he turned out to be. He just simply, well, he just simply loves it. He just simply, you know, he, he knows what right is, but essentially don't really matter to him. So as a result, he's all ate, he's all ate up. Essentially, he has to admit, essentially, to, you know, he'll actually go ahead, he'll actually go up, you know, and he went ahead and said, essentially admitted that he screamed at this idiot lawyer and got him to, you know, essentially got him as guardian man line to try to go ahead and dismiss the guardianship down, you know, down here. Essentially, he didn't make any moves to go ahead and bring her back. So essentially, she died April 5th of 2013, five days before she was supposed to show up. And, well, what if I didn't bring her up here? You wouldn't put mom in jail. I said, no, I wouldn't put her in jail. We put you in jail until, and then we come, we just come back and we just go up there and bring her back here. Essentially, and you could go ahead and, you know, stay in jail until everything was over here. 
don't really matter here because what he's done essentially is he's embezzled he's embezzled the mom the money that you know mom had the hundred fifty thousand plus by another two hundred thousand dollars over the past what fourteen years you know the mom had you know had the rents from you know her life estate up there so I'm going ahead and I'm looking listening to that and essentially he's just you know he's just screaming he's telling. He's telling the pigs, I have guns and money and silver buried up the farm. And, you know, maybe that is so, maybe it isn't here. But in any case, you know, I mean, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not altogether rational here. And there are, there are I, I met plenty of people like that at the nuthouse here. They, you know, they do evil. And then sometimes they're ashamed of it. Sometimes they're not. Most of the time they repress it. And with me, he comes to me and, uh, oh, heck, you know, he, he's, he's up in South Dakota now. He's hiding from the hippo. But, uh, you know, essentially she seems to be quite happy that he's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you wonder, you wonder, I mean, I look at his, I look at his, what, oh, now six-year-old kid. And essentially, this kid, this kid, blonde, blue-eyed, handsome, handsome-looking kid here. He doesn't seem he doesn't seem particularly smart, but he doesn't you know he's not really dumb. You know what I mean? Just a you know just a normal just a normal white kid. And essentially, his parents his parents you know essentially don't have any you know, have any real morals. You know what I mean? Nothing to speak of. You know what I mean? And that yeah, is, it, not to not to. Not to defend your brother, because he sounds like a real shitbird, but I mean, you know, in a in a healthy Christian society, though, there's a lot less chance of a person like him coming into existence. I mean, when you have no, 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 this no, Jew, he, he, would, uh, he would come into existence. The thing about it is, is that people like him would be repressed because in a healthy society, I mean, you, you go ahead, you listen. You know, I mean, you know, should I call you know, my sister? Should I call cops? Was well, maybe better. He's he's getting, you know, because he had you know, he had attacked me, and he, you know, well, you beat me up when I was when I was young here, you know, when you were bigger than me, and yes, the answer I did. I apologized to him when I got out of the army here. You know, I I was I was a mean kid. I was a mean, very strong-willed child here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And essentially, essentially, what happens is that you you mature somewhat, and then you you know you realize that some of the things you did when you were a child were not very nice here. You know what I mean? Children are not nice creatures. You know what I mean? You know they're not. No, they, they're not. they can be taught to be civilized if that's well, done. They can be taught, and they can yep. mature. And essentially, that's what happened with me here. You know, but him. when you mature in a in a fucked over Jude society, though, where just you know thievery and scumbaggery and materialism and love of mammon is the only real uh, you know overriding factor of the whole thing. I mean, you know, what are people gonna gonna turn out like? They're gonna turn out like your brother, generally speaking. Well, yeah. yeah. Except for the That's odd exactly. few freaks, you know, who choose That's to go exactly. a better better path than that. That's exactly the way it is here. You know, pretty well, yeah. pretty well. I was, I was looking there at the same time uh, as the duck. You know, Don Black and the duck. Uh, see, the, you know, let the squirrel see the nuts. He's out in the 
out in the East Tennessee woods thing on October, on Halloween. You had the intellectual, the Kevin McDonald, and the you know this character who's getting some money from some rich, from some rich wigger here, non-Jew wigger. He's you know he's somehow being he's getting some money for doing this here. Uh, essentially, you had this National Policy Institute, whatever the fuck that sounds like, and you end up having a whole bunch of really smart critters. Sam Dixon, a lawyer. Uh, essentially, you used to have Willis Carto. He died, what, uh, a week ago or so? And you yeah. had all these intellectuals. And every single one of them, Greg Johnson, you know, I mean, you know, you know, he's rumored to be a faggot here. He might very well be. And people say, well, why don't you get down with him? He's a faggot. I says, well, let's look at it here. Uh, I'm quite sure among the 10,000 warlord seas, there's going to be a few faggot warlord seas. And if they go ahead and kill the other Whiggers and Mamsers and faggots here, well, hey, you know, who cares if the fag- yep, there's a faggot warlord who gets control of San Fags Crisco? Does it really matter to me? And the answer is no. If you really believe in what I say I believe in, what you got to understand is that there will be all sorts of petty military dictatorships established between, you know, between the Atlantic and the Pacific, between the, uh, you know, between the, uh, what, the Caribbean and the Arctic. There'll be all sorts, there'll be, you know, because things will break down. But you have these critters, all these white nationalists, all the rest of them, who sort of think is that they're going to be able to have one ethnostate. Somehow they're going to be able to make themselves a little white Switzerland. And I'm pointing out, be it Hill Covington, be it the rest, the how it's going to work out is that there's not going to be any rulership from the top here. Just like there you know, just like there wasn't when Rome fell apart. You know what I mean? They'll try yeah. to they'll try to maintain it, but it's not going to be maintained. But you have you have that thought in white nationalism. Every single one of them here, they think they're going to be the warlord of their bigger Ethnostate, and the answer is I don't think that's the case here. I, I but think you see that, what, what what happens eventually, though, is like what happens just about any place is that yeah, it may break down into smaller units like that, but sooner or later, some Khan is going to come along, or Alexander the Great, or whatever, and he's going to mold all these tiny little places into one big kingdom, and then it's just going to wind up. You're going to wind up with the same shithole basically you started with you may get a couple hundred years out of it but you know i mean in the end that's what's uh that's what always happens somebody comes along and says hey you know let's put everything all back together again the way it was and everybody just goes ahead and does it you know as if back together the way it was 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 some kind of great thing you know well, which it isn't well you i don't know i i, I can see what you're saying but and that is what that is what after you know they claim that the the dark ages started during the time that Rome fell 476 A.D. Why do they have 476 A.D.? Well, there was this German warlord named Odysseus, and he had set up he set up a little two year old little puppet, and he named him Romulus Augustus. You know, Emperor Romulus Augustus. And two years went past, and he said, "Oh, screw it." I'm going to go ahead and just be an open warlord, and uh, he went ahead and farmed out little Romulus Augustus out here, 476. 
And that, that's what they date, the fall of the Roman Empire, the end of the classic world, and the beginning of the Dark Ages, which lasted, what, from 476 to, what, 1492, you know, more or less, okay? Yeah, so you can say that, a little so earlier about, or later, yeah. A little earlier or later. So why do they come up with that date here? Did they know that the the Roman Empire had fell at 476? No, it was it was in bad shape in 410 when Rome got sacked for the first time in what oh 800 years. But it had been sacked by Brennus the Gaul in what 399 BC. So essentially, uh, 410 AD, it gets sacked for the first time. You know, by an outsider. You know, we're not talking about you know the the uh, the Roman civil wars tail end of the Republic. You you want to go ahead and see what you know the killing and the murders and the rest of the stuff that happens. You know happens uh, you know happens then. Why you'll see uh, you know you'll see pretty well much the same thing here. And, and I, I go ahead and point out you know my favorite dictator was Julius Caesar was Sulla. It was Felix Cornelius Sulla. Who essentially had a successful had a successful counter revolution, put the Senate back in charge, and then was able to step down and live for two years, you know, till he died of his you know own personal excesses here. But he wasn't really murdered by any of his enemies. So, you know, what you what you have what you have or what I believe you will have is a combination of what you've seen before in past history. But what I do not see is that I see, say, Hillary Clinton here. She believes that she's going to become president and that somehow you know, people will go ahead and allow that here. And then you see the same thing. You see it worse than it was in 2008 with the financial especially with the financial sector. And what you see, what you see is that, hey, you see, ever since Ronald Reagan was president in the 80s, you see essentially the collapse of just nothing but borrowing and borrowing and printing money. And pretty well, it's, you know, it's at the end of that particular sector. You can't really – they're talking about whether or not they're going to dare raise the prime rate up to what, by, by 0.25%? The 0.5% of an interest rate when it's actually pretty well close to zero now? And the answer yeah. is, then how, then how are people going to live off their investments if they, you know, unless they go ahead and go into risky investments? And you know how the derivative trading and all this other good happy horse shit is wound up. Well, it's yeah, that's just a license to the Jew to steal your money. Yeah, all that stuff a, is. Commodities. All that, all that stuff is. Yeah. So essentially, you know, the answer is that, hey, uh, you have you have companies like Amazon, you have companies like Netflix, you have companies like Facebook. What do they actually produce? And the answer is really nothing. But then again, the Chinese, they're not they're not doing too well. Their their system is sort of in bad shape. The Japanese, their their system is in bad shape here. What what you have is that you have these great intellectuals here. These great intellectuals here, why they believe they can, you know, eat, I don't know if you've seen the debate with old Trump and the rest of these idiots. I mean, essentially, you know, the third debate was just plain stupid. You know what I mean? Mm, I don't even watch any of that shit anymore. I... No, I, 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 do watch, I do watch it. I mean, essentially, debate number two was sort of like a gladi- gladiatorial debate here with Trump 
essentially fighting everybody off here. You know, number three was, hey, we're going to ask a series of gotcha questions here. And essentially, here's dumbass old Jeb. He goes ahead and goes against old Marco Rubio. Well, old Marco, he's sort of ready for that. He, you know, essentially, they're both from Florida. You know, they, you know, they, they yeah. both can't be president. You know, they both can't be the presidential nominee. Old Jeb is fading fast, but here's old Marco. He's a little, you know, he's a little brown critter. So is Ted Cruz. So. You know, you have all these critters. You have all these critters, and it doesn't really matter. You know, I, you, you had old Trump. He sort of forgot what he said about old Zuckerbergler, about how Zuckerbergler wanted to bring in all these H-1Bs and essentially take over, you know, take over jobs. And essentially, Disney did that. Disney went ahead and bought in the H-1Bs. And you have old uh, Rubio said, "Well, anybody who goes ahead and violates that here will no longer be allowed to use it." Really, Marco? And essentially, now this, you know, I mean, you're the head of the H-1B. You're part of the gang of eight who wanted to go ahead and give amnesty to all this. So essentially what you have, what you have is you have any high-priced job being offshore, and what little has remained, you have, you know, you have meters coming in. And essentially, you see, that was, that was one of the false the promises of the, of the whole free trade thing, that, oh, you know, sure, we were going to lose all these uh, – these worthless $30 an hour manufacturing jobs that, uh, you know, we can afford to lose all kinds of millions of those because we're going to still have these high-tech jobs, you know, all that. Well, then bring these fucking packies, these Indians and everything into the country, and they're even taking those. Oh, yeah. Just a, it's and, just and, a total screwing from from top to bottom, everything they do, you know. Sure. I mean, and, and, you know, pretty well here, the Republicans here, they were elected, you know, the biggest House majority, says Herbert Hoover. Well, guess what? You know, they went ahead and got rid of Boner, and now they got old Ryan Ryan. And the first thing, last thing that Boner did was, okay, let's set aside the one thing we have in the House here, the ability to essentially shut down the government by not going ahead and paying for this stuff. Well, guess what? If you want, you could have told Obongo, well, no Planned Parenthood, but also no Obongo Care. It's a tax, remember? We have the power to raise taxes, so no taxes for Obongo Care. And essentially what happens today, the individual mandate goes to $2,100 if you don't have, essentially, an overpriced health insurance mandate. It was written by the health insurance companies, it was all together. It was just all together, just thievery. But here's the Republican, yeah. Republican Party. They can go ahead and close it, but now they can't. No, no, no. What happens is that everything's going to be good until, what, election year, and they're not going to dare shut down the government in, what, September or August of next year? Hell no, they're not going to do that. So no, they're, they're, in the pockets the, they're in the pockets of the fucking Jew, and that's that's what it all boils down to. Oh, you know? and Marco Rubio was here. There's, there's, there's one thing that singer. makes... One thing that makes Americans kind of like almost like a a special kind of asshole, you know, you can you can go to some place like Poland or Russia or some Eastern European shithole like that, and you'll find the same Jew cocksuckers there who are working for the Jew 100 percent. 
But, you know, when you go and you get some vodka in them and that, and you say, hey, you know, what do you really think of these Jew motherfuckers? And the guy will tell you, you know, I'd like to roast these fucking Jews over an open fire every last motherfucking one of them. But you go to the United States and you ask that guy the same question, and he'll say, oh, I love them. They're the... They're the God's chosen people. They're so wise and so brilliant and so smart. It's like, it's like there's no place else in the world quite like it, you know, where the, where the Jew cocksuckery is actually real and genuine. It's not just for money and just for power, just for a, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of leg up on everybody else. No, these, these people actually do believe it, you know. Oh yeah, they do believe. And that's it. and that makes it, it makes the United States a special case. Like I, you know, I don't even know. If it can, you know, like you could say, oh, okay, we'll elect Donald Trump or whatever, you know, and, and he'll break the power lock or the power hold or whatever over the whole thing. I don't even know if he's he not gonna break. He's not going to do it for fun. There, there is yeah. no saving. There is no savings of Babylon. You know, what, what gets me is that, you know, this show is mostly about really the bowel movement. Uh, this show is about the court leadership. And what struck me what struck me is that increasingly you end up having to talk about how we need a ethno nation state here. And essentially all your leadership, you know, Covington, I mean, I knew that, I knew that essentially Harold, Harold Little or whatever was doomed uh, way back when in 2011 or 2012 you had uh, old uh, Steve Elder or Commander Fag. He was going ahead, and he was censoring. Uh, the character became uh, Covington's right-hand man, Andy Donner, who dared to say that Brian Real wasn't white. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, so Which he I knew that I knew that he did. I knew that he didn't have his sec, you know, you know, security rate three. You know, I knew that when you have essentially problematic people, you're going to have. You're not going to have any win. You're not going to have anything that's going to amount to anything. And so you have all these creatures, and, you know, they were trying to go ahead and get younger people who aren't in the movement here. Do you think that I would be welcome, you know, at Don Black and David Duck's Sperm Fart Eastern Tennessee thing? And the answer is hell no. No, I'm not even allowed on Sperm Fart, the, uh, you know, the uh, thing, because these people do not want these people do not want, you know, truth, or they don't want logic, and they don't want debate here at all. They can't stand truth or honor or debate here. You know what I mean? Well, it all seems like me. It seems to me every time I uh, listen to those guys, all they want to be is like the new moderates or something. You know, it's like yeah, oh, you, you know, don't don't st- don't stop saying nigger because that's uh, that's divisive and everything. You know, and we'll never, you know. Like what? Stop saying nigger. I mean, that's the problem. Nigger and Jew, you know. If you if you can't address the problem, then then you you're never going to come up with a solution. Yeah. And that's what I mean, those guys want you one. to do, you know. Well, then then you have the other section where you end up having Jews like Eli James and Dale Fink, and essentially they're Jews and they're screaming. You know, Alex Linder, they're Jews and they're screaming about naming a Jew. Well, the Jew that they don't want anybody to name is them. You know what I mean? So you, yeah. you, have, you have all these critters. Uh, I've been getting emails from that idiot, Russ Walker, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, he believes whatever the hell he wants to believe. And then you end up having old uh, John Britton. Then you end up having their character called R.D. Bradshaw. 
And essentially, over gender bender of all people, detected R.D. Bradshaw first here because you know, over gender bender, he's a wee loss mongrel poofter, and essentially he detected R.D. Bradshaw as being another wee loss uh, Seventh Day Adventist who, for some reason, recently says that he's able, to, he's running around the Middle East, he's managed to fit in among the population there. Well, so what does that tell you? You know what I mean? I mean, he's what, one of what, them. Is, what is your odds? What is your odds with someone like me, looking like me, of fitting in, fitting in? Um, you know, among you know, no matter. You know, let's say I grew the other half of the beard out too. What do you think? Is, is he in Venice too? This, huh? This guy running around the Middle East is he in Venice too? He's a he, he started out a Seventh Day Adventist. He's mid being a wee loss. Uh, or a Welsh a Welshman here, or something like that. And essentially, the Welsh are sort of dark, you know. So, like, I thought Catherine Zeta Jones was a beaterist here, but it turns out she was a she was Welsh or something like that here. They have a bunch of dark, you know, essentially dark Mediterranean strains here. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. So here he is. He's you know he he was running around for my guess. He was in Cyprus waiting for a. Waiting for a visa to Israel, he was going to go ahead and talk to Yair Davidy. And Yair Davidy is an Australian, is an Australian father, Jew mother, who essentially now lives in Israel. And he had another retard here. He used to be on the Pistol Possum Forum. He had a he had an Irish name, and he looked you know he was red haired and all that. He looked like a you know looked like pure blooded Irishman, and he got he got a. Something in his head. He changed his name to uh, something that sounded Jewish, and he got in there. And they, the Israeli police caught him, you know, talking about or plotting to blow up the rock of the dome. So they went and deported his ass, and he never could come back. And here, here he is. He's a hibernator who wants to be a Jew boy, and he was over on the pisser bosses for him. So here, here's this one. You know, here's this year, David E. He tried to get into Christian identity back in 1998, and essentially I said, "Hey, look, you know, happened to Judah and Ephraim will get together." I said, "You're not Judah. You're a Jew, though. You're a Khazar Jew, and essentially you're a spawn of Satan, according to uh, you know, according to our belief." And then Willie Martin, he, you know, Willie Martin was sort of wishy-washy a lot of times. He wanted to be nice. Now he would use me as a hatchet man, but he wanted to be nice. So then Willie went ahead and you know sort of. So here's this, here's this R.D. Bradshaw. He wants to go see Yair Davidy, and now he claims that, you know, no, he didn't want to see Yair Davidy, but he's running around in the Middle East, somehow managed to impersonate, you know, some of these damn ragheads. Well, what does that tell you about what color, what, what he looks like? You know what I mean? Who would even want to go there in the first place? You know, my no, uncle, I, you remember him telling me a story about how he went to Egypt and went to the pyramids. He brought his like he brought my cousin who was like the thirteen year old girl there at the time, and he said it was all. You see all these these fucking packies who were walking down the street, and he says, you know, you could just tell by the looks on their faces, all they were trying to do was figure out how to slit his throat and get their hands on his thirteen year old daughter. He said like that was that's how nice the Middle East is. He said he'd never go back there. Going to see the pyramids wasn't even worth it. Just for the, well, the I mean, there's, there's a fucking postcard. Do you really need that? You know, do you really need to be out in the 10 degree heat? You know what I mean? To see it on the internet. Well, All I mean, kinds of pictures on it. You can see on National Geographic here and 
you know, if you want to see some packies here, you can see a few camels to where they, you know, where essentially they give them a, a tourist a camel ride here. If you want to see camels, you can do that. Camels are nasty animals from what I gather anyway. So, I mean, why would you want, why would you want to, why would you want to have anything, you know, to do with them? So, essentially, you know, I, I'm going ahead and looking at Germany. I was stationed in Germany. It was a beautiful country. And you go ahead and see all these shit-skinned Mongols coming by, and there was a there was a little story came out that to where a little bitty a little bitty one-click village which has about 102 people in it, and they're going to go ahead and store up to 750 of these of these shit-skins. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, why? Well, why? Why? I mean, you know, look, folks. I mean. You know, essentially, essentially, you know, like I said before, when this thing happened at the, you know, around the first of September, you know, I mean, pretty well everyone, be it Hungarian or Romanian or whatever, you know, they come, you go ahead, you put up a, you put up a tripwire, and then you go ahead and you gun down, you go ahead and gun down. I mean, the prime minister of that country, you know, hey, soldier, give me your damn gun, you know, give me your damn rifle. Does that, you know, 20 rounds, 30 round clip? Give it to me. Bang, 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 bang. You tell them get back. If they don't get back, you go ahead and you get shoot them. You know what I mean? Yep. You tell them to crawl back over there here. Essentially, we're not fucking with you. You don't belong here. You have no right here. You have no right to live. The only way you're going to stay here, essentially, is carrying upon the land. You have no business being here. Essentially, you have... but the fucking it's Jews literally. got everybody convinced that we're all the same, though. Oh, those people are just well, like God. us. Thank God. Send them to fucking Israel, then. You know, well, and, it's, ahead, and it's... Go ahead and send them. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's kind of, you know... Go ahead, go ahead, you Syrian... I mean, essentially, most of these refugees are not even Syrians. They're, you know, they're Afghanis, they're Pakis. And essentially, Zog Babylon, what Zog Babylon has done, is that it has created this situation. I mean, essentially, now you end up having, what, 50, 50 special forces troopers here? Okay, so what if, so what if uh, while they are training the moderate terrorists for, you know, to force the thought out, you know, Russian, you know, Russian planes go ahead and kill a couple of them here? You know, what, what's that here? I mean, I, you, you go ahead and you look. You go ahead and you look. I mean, I, you know, I think Trump knows better uh, about this Iranian deal. I mean, essentially, you know, they got a bitch and piss and moan about it. But for all practical purposes, any, you know, any power, any country that wants to have nuclear weapons can get it. I mean, here's North Korea. It got a nuclear weapon. It got a couple of them, don't it? You know what I mean? It got nuclear weapons. It'll come to the point one day when any person who wants nuclear weapons can get nuclear weapons. Not really. And that's no, when no, it's going mean, and that's when it's going to that's when it's really going to be be scary for the system because then anybody who doesn't get it, get it exactly how they want it, like fags want to have a little, you know, street day-long butt-fuck party out in the middle of the street and, you know, and rape kids, well, if they don't get to have it, well, then, you know, they have nuclear weapons, you know. Well, there's gonna no, there's gonna I come mean, a point I, I was, where it's gonna I, become I, so I, crazy that you just you you won't be able to have uh, these 
you know, just every nitwit and every nigger and every Jew, you know, having it his own way. It's, it's just, well, no, just it's not going to be tenable. The system is become. You know, I, I don't agree with you that every person can, you know, anybody wants can have nuclear weapons because well, it'll get to that point weapons, though. Nuclear weapons are extremely. You know, it takes a fairly high degree of technology to go ahead and get them. Now, I believe the Iranians already have nuclear weapons. I believe they got plenty of all they wanted to when the Soviet Union was falling apart after 1992. And before Putin took over, so years ago, he had you know steal or buy, you know, from corrupt generals all the nuclear artillery shells with plutonium and U-238 they have. I believe the Iranians do have nuclear you know, do have nuclear material. They're just they're just going through the motions of scraping, you know, scraping it off or centrifuging it off of their, uh, you know, of their uh, of their light water reactors. The whole purpose of the light water reactor was to create more, you know, because the vast majority of uranium is 238, not 235. You understand what I'm saying? The vast majority yeah. of it is essentially this particular this particular uh, variety of you know variety you know this particular and essentially you get it by using the centrifuges, but you can go ahead and also make plutonium from these light water reactors. Essentially, that was why that was why you had all these light water reactors here is to go ahead and create from U two thirty eight, which is relatively more common. You know, only about three percent is U two thirty five, and you have to have it at least be what oh fifty percent U two thirty five. So that's what the purpose of the centrifuges. Uh, the plutonium is easier is easier to make because it's U two you know U two forty. You know what I mean? But then it also yeah. has its own little isotopes here. But in any case, uh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what people should worry about is biological weapons here. That is far. I mean, when I was in the military, we underwent NBC training: nuclear, biological, and chemical. The chemical, you know, you can, you know, essentially slows warfare down because you have to wear this protection here against lewisite and these nerve agents and all this other stuff here. But you know, really. Really, uh, really, the thing that really scared, really scared the generals off, you know, scared the generals wasn't the atomic. I mean, essentially, you you have atomic, you have atomic uh, weapons here. Why? Guess what? Here, that's you know that that goes ahead and prevents. Oh, it goes ahead and essentially there's whole areas here which you have to work around here, and the whole purpose of our you know, land system was to was to go against choke points, rail rail yards here, to where they can bring up, where they can bring up, uh, you know, essentially where they can go ahead and bring up, uh, you know, uh, stuff here. No, the whole the whole thing that really you know scared them off, the whole thing that scared them to death was the biological weapons. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what scared them. That's what scared the generals to death. Actually, you. Know what I mean? you- if you want to manufacture at home a, a pretty toxic poison, I mean, it's as easy as going to the dollar store and buying cans of uh, 
$1 cans of South African peaches and you put them up in the cupboard for about five or six years until they all swell up and the labels turn black and everything on them, and you got enough botulism toxin in about 10 cans of that stuff to to kill an entire army, you know. It's just oh, you got to find a way to deliver it into the food, that's all. But, yeah, to. I mean, if you, if you want chemical weapons, oh, sh- that's that's – it's just a matter of time. Like, everybody should do it, I think, is my well, uh, personal to. feeling on the matter. Peaches are very they good. They to. almost always go go turn to bot, you know, turn botulism after uh, four or five yeah. years or so. Okay. Well, I have a no, I have a no fat, but generally, uh, generally they, used to, they used to have castor beans, and they'd go ahead and make a castor plant. And you used to be able to buy castor beans you know, beans or castor seed, and you go ahead. I think you still can. Uh, I was I was talking that over, and for my year, I don't think you can anymore. But uh, essentially, you used to be able to buy castor beans. Well, they wanted to close that because you had a whole bunch of so-called renegade militias who were going to create, you know, cook up their own rice, you know, their own toxic poison here from these castor, you know, from these castor beans and these castor plants here. But anyway, oh, oh this is what I'm thinking is that uh, yesterday the youth, the youth, you know, deer season started to where from 6 to 16, why they allow, they allow the nippers to, uh, they allow the nippers to essentially go hunt deers with firearms. And then on the 14th, you know, you'll have the main firearm season. But what happens in Missouri over the last year, they have, you know, they used to have one county which had a deer farm, you know, called Adair County, and that's where old Rabbi Lender lives here. That's where he goes ahead and he eats them deer. You know, of course, I already think he's a mad deer. He's a mad, he already got mad type ass you know, games here. But <laughs> in case, it went ahead and spread from one county to ten counties, including including Cole County, which is where Jefferson City is at. So it has it has spread it has spread all over uh this uh this these these uh these deer with prions. And so what did they do? They call off the hunt this year then or what? No, no, no. What they tried to do in Wisconsin is that they tried to go ahead and kill all these damn deers. Well anyway, the Missouri Department of Agriculture or Missouri Department of Conservation tried to shut down, tried to shut down the creators of this of these prions, essentially these game farms for you know to make deer with big antlers, so that you know stupid hunter could go ahead and here they are, they're you know they're they're breeding these deer and they're feeding them special calcium supplements and they're feeding them. Uh, essentially something in order to grow a big old rack of, you know, 10-point rack of deer here. So they claim that yeah. they were a great hunter. And essentially, you know, just around the time that Trader Glenn Miller went to trial, the Missouri Supreme Court ruled that, no, the Missouri Department of Conservation couldn't shut down these game farms. You stupid bastards. You idiots. You're talking about cutting down. You're going ahead and uh, just like in Wisconsin, where they tried to essentially kill the deer off, kill the deer off. You know, by having super hunts, extermination hunts, and they, you know, they just couldn't do it. 
And you got to realize that once it gets into the soil, it stays there, and it goes ahead and poisons even uninfected deer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as a result, Missouri, Missouri got now it's spread, and essentially, I used to, I used to talk way back from 1997 to well, I got thrown in jail about prion poison. I used to talk about how, you know, to have people go out to say Colorado, Wisconsin, and take. You know, take these deer, you know, right around spring here and cook them up in a pressure cooker and go ahead and spread, you know, essentially spread prion poisoning by feeding to deer and feeding the cattle here. Well, folks, that's about as smart as me saying, you know, you know, being in 1980, you know, and hearing about this thing called GRID, which later became AIDS, and said, I know how to spread AIDS. Let's just go ahead and have all Uyghur men here go ahead and fuck niggers. Go ahead and fuck she niggers or fuck up the ass, these old faggots here, and then go ahead and give it to Uyghurs here. Give AIDS to Uyghurs. Well, folks, nobody's going to go ahead and, you know, you know, even if they only have six months to live, they're not going to go ahead and spread AIDS that way. The way to spread AIDS was to essentially say, for, you know, on behalf of freedom, how dare you close down them sand fags crystal bathhouses? That's what spread the AIDS, not... Not, not old white terrorist men here who want to spread AIDS here by fucking whores, you know, that AIDS. No, 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 that's the way to spread it. And neither is the way what Chow was saying. The way to Actually, spread yeah. chronic <laughs> wasting disease essentially is to side with the Missouri Supreme Court against the Missouri Department of Conference and keep them damn deer, you know, deer farms for profit open. And that's what the Supreme Court ruled. Missouri Supreme Court ruled essentially was to destroy the wild herds so that maybe five or six of these stupid animal farm deer animal farms, which should have been shut down, you know, should have been you know, should have shut them down. But the Missouri Supreme Court is stupid. I mean stupid and greed, greed will spread more disease than any domestic terrorist would even, you know, be able to. You know what I mean? Well I don't I don't know if it necessarily is stupidity though, because I mean let's let's face it. The main reason why they allowed the buffalo hunt out west was to kill off all the buffalo so the Indians had nothing to eat and they'd go peacefully over onto the reservations, you know? Well, that's what... that's what. I mean, who knows what they're doing this for? Probably the much more or less the same reason. Well, no, it, it, you know, it's... You know, I, you know, essentially, you know, Sherman, you know, uh, he, was the, he was the Army Chief of Staff. He, he, he proposed giving the buffalo hunters free ammunition. You know what I mean? Yep. Kill as many of them as you can. Kill as many of these damn buffaloes as you can. And essentially, I would, in addition to giving them ammunition, I would give them metal. You know, I'd give a, I'd give metal, metal, you know, on one side a dead buffalo, and on the other side a starving, crying Indian. You know what I mean? Yep. Campaign metal. That's, that's exactly, that's exactly, that's exactly, you know, the Army was all in favor of that here. But it had, it had, a, it had sense here. But as far as, you know, can you imagine? I mean, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and talk to the Supreme Court now. I'm essentially a bunch of idiot lawyers who essentially, you know, essentially they live and they're getting campaign contributions or something. And here they are. I mean, you understand is that what spread AIDS? What spread AIDS, especially in Santa Fe's Crisco, 
wasn't, you know, was an old white man here going in fucking niggers and, you know, you know, whores of that age and then spread to somebody else. No, what spread it was all these faggots fucking, butt-fucking each other, you know, in gay bathhouses. Essentially, that's how they spread it. You know what I mean? Actually, you know, there's a guy, there's a doctor promoting California. The guy, he was, he was like one of the original people who started studying that way back in like 1981 when it first started, right? And he said yeah. the whole time that he believed then and he still believes it now that it was uh, drugs that did all that. It was, it was those fags uh, abusing poppers. That was where AIDS yeah. really came from. Well, they now believe and that, you know, and it. And it is curious that ever since kind of like that whole popper drug epidemic in the gay culture ended, like there's nobody has really died of AIDS ever since then. Like, you know, AIDS used to be you get that body rash all over, you know, the Kaposi sarcoma where you get the bruising and everything like that, and your immune system's all destroyed and you die from it. Well, that's essentially what Poppers does is it totally destroys your immune system, and that's what he said, you know. Every one of those people he went in and saw the hospital, they were all Popper abusers who had been, you know, sniffing the stuff for... The last 10, 15 years, and he said it was uh, it was conclusive as far as he was concerned. You know, and the queers well, at the maybe, time knew well, it too, maybe, but it was all political. Well, maybe it's the same way as what syphilis was. I mean, the Indians don't like admitting it, but essentially it was, you know, pretty well the belief was is that it originated in South America, and essentially it was, well, in many cases, disease between uh, llamas and alpacas pockets here that you know, the Indians got. And then when it first came when it first came back to Spain and then went to France and then went to England, you know, so they called it the frock the French pox the French pox here and then the French they blamed the Spanish for it. But essentially it's believed the syphilis came from the New World. And yeah. when it first came out when it first came out, why it was deadly. It would you know it would just kill about everybody. And then, as as a result, here they, you know there was a there was a resistance built to it. In the case of AIDS, they say it's caused by a retrovirus. And they were asking why a bunch of these white faggots here, who had these nigger and you know beaner you know butt boys, or they were the butt boys. I mean, why did they live? And these niggers and beaners were dying like crazy. And they figured out is that there was a receptor gene present in or a non-receptor gene or whatever in white people to where 16% of Scandinavians uh, were effectively immune to AIDS. And then it would go, essentially, the further south you go and the further east you went, why you had less and less and less of it here. So in case they said this, that white people were less likely to get AIDS here. That's why you end up having blonde, blue-eyed faggots who, you know, whose faggot lovers, you know, whose faggot butt boys died here, who were beaners and niggers here. So in case, in the case of, in the case of, uh, in the case of the chronic wasting disease, you know, I believe that it went from sheep to deer sometime in the 60s, and then it first showed up in 1967, 1968 around in Colorado, where you have a bunch of uh, sheep and, you know, and deer, and now it's pretty well spread to these servants, like i.e. deer and elk, and uh, you know, they say even moose are now getting it. And essentially, it is essentially the outbreaks. Uh, I went ahead and looked. I went ahead and looked, and I sort of thought is that hey, it was maybe spread by people who were, 
you know, taking these deer and, you know, cooking them up, especially making, you know, uh, protein-based deer, feeding it to uh, feeding it to uh, deer. And essentially it turns out, no, that's not the case. It was essentially spread. If there was a wild deer farm for the antlers or whatever here to allow any idiot to claim to be a hunter to hunt there, essentially it was being, it was being, it was being started there. You know, it was, you know, it was yeah. in New York State. I mean, essentially, it's caused by greed and stupidity, and it is spread. It is spread. Uh, this year, this year, they were just around March or so. Uh, it went from old Rabbi Linder's Adair County, and two or three counties around it. It went to about thirteen or fourteen counties in northern Missouri, and uh, one of them was in Cole County, which is uh, essentially Jefferson City. So now you end up having spread it, and once once it gets in a county, you know, uh, like in uh, Wisconsin, it then and then it sort of grows, you know, at a rate of about thirty or forty miles a year, you know, in a sort of a circle around it. So it's uh, you know it's pretty well spread, but you know the smartest thing to do because sooner or later they're going to have to try to go ahead and you know cure it, and the way to cure it is to go ahead and kill all the infected deer. But by then it's too late. By then, you end up having all these deer who, you know, essentially their carcasses go to the ground, and then it's in the ground, and then you can't get rid of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, can't, couldn't get rid of it in Wisconsin. When it first appeared in 2002, you know, they tried, and they failed, and it's gone into Illinois. It's gone into Minnesota. It's gone even as far as what? Oh, you know, up to Iowa. And essentially, it's spread by these deer farms, you know, not by terrorism. You know, it's not something you really got to worry about, though, because these things are periodically nature's way of uh, improving the stock of the herd, though, you know. They drop down for a while, and all the weak ones get busted out, basically, and, you know, it seems like it's a huge holocaust, but all the strong ones survive, and... Uh, well, you know, my, eventually they come back. It may take a hundred years, but that's well, the way it works. Point. The way it always that's, worked. That's my point with warlordism. I mean, essentially, the current system is not sustainable. And rather than rather than try to sustain it here, I mean, you, you go ahead and look what's happened in Germany. Germany essentially is destroyed. Sweden is essentially destroyed. You know, maybe Norway, you know, I mean, essentially Eastern European countries, why, you know, they sort of they sort of have a great deal of distrust for their ruling elites here, and rightfully so. But essentially, you know, if you've driven, if you've driven the truck here, you go ahead, if you've driven a truck to New York City here, you know, uh, you had Paul Dembski's uh, non-Jew wife call in, and essentially I was telling him about how, Really, for all pack purposes, there's only really one to get into New York City. Most of it relies on three bridges. You know, the Tappan Zee, the George Washington is the main one, and the Verrazano Narrows. Because all the tunnels and the rest here, you can't get a truck in there. It's less than 13.6 here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is okay by me. The central only way to do that is up from the north here with the major Degen Expressway. I think it's I-87 or something like that here. So you you go ahead and you cut. You go ahead and you cut. 
essentially a number of these bridges, or essentially truck drivers decide they're not going to drive to New York City. They're going to say, the hell with it. How long would New York City survive? And uh, uh, you had, oh, you had Ted Koppel. Ted Koppel. He was on the Charlie Rose Show. And he was saying, okay, the director of FEMA for New York, you know, for New York State said they got 25 million meals ready to eat. Okay. In a city of, what, 5 million ahead. people? What was there, 10 million? Eight, 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 Is that eight, like two days people. worth? 8 million people. Essentially, yeah, what happened three days, meal, that, essentially that three meals. Three meals ready to eat. I mean, three <laughs> meals, essentially 25, you know, 25 four and a third. You know what I mean? After those fat fuckers that eat two of them. Anyway, <laughs> one wouldn't be enough. Because Christy would eat one at one time here. You know what yeah. I mean? I like to see him being chased by hungry niggers like Maud Dick X and Leroy Tyrone Jenkins there. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, it looks like fat meat wigger. But no, I mean, 25, you know, 25 million, you know, they have 25 million meals ready to eat stockpiles here. You know, let's say the rest of the state does okay. Here's New York City, 8 million. Why, well, hey, what is that, three meals? Yeah. It's, well, actually, three it's meals. not even it's not even three days because, you know, you eat, you eat two or three meals a day, so that's basically only one one day's worth of food. That's all they got. Well, yeah, I don't know. I've never – I ate one time these meals ready to eat. Essentially, what, when they – you know, they used to have sea rations. Essentially, what they were was canned goods, essentially canned goods with a can with toilet paper and chiclets and – uh, yeah. John Wayne Corn and John Wayne candy bars. We said we used to get them when I was in we, we call it, when I was in scouts when we went to camp. Yeah, we call it John Wayne. We call it John Wayne toilet paper because it was rough and tough. Wouldn't take shit off of no one. You know what I mean? <laughs> no one, no one, no one used the damn John Wayne toilet paper. It was not absorbent. I um, mean, essentially, went out to the field here and had to shit. You brought your own fucking toilet paper and a duffel bag is what you did. You don't want to wipe your ass with that damn John Wayne toilet paper. The chicklets were okay. The John Wayne candy bars, I got to where I liked it here. Nobody liked eating the fucking fruitcake except me. Uh, nobody liked the ham and eggs. That was awful. Uh, the spaghetti wasn't so bad, but it wasn't that great. The turkey was pretty nice here. You know, and then they have camp bars and little you know, John Wayne, Tough Crackers, or something like that. But they used to be canned goods. And essentially what you would do is for the main meal, you would take your P38 can opener, and you would, you would make two little holes at the top because essentially, and the, you know, the box was designed to be burned and to heat the, uh, essentially heat the cans that were in it is what it was here. It was sort of a brown. So this was a sea rat. Well, then they came up with mm-hmm. MREs, meals, we use, you know, they usually call meal MREs meals rejected by Ethiopians because the Ethiopians were supposedly starving. And what was what was hilarious though is that these, uh, you know, what, what they said is that they see when I was in the army here, they had the sea rats here. I'd have a little, I'd have a little canteen cup, and I'd buy a little big esmet stove, which would essentially burn these sugar tablets here. It would go ahead and it would heat up water. And essentially, what I would have is I would I bought another what dollar fifty canteen cup to essentially show at the T you know at the you know at the uh, you know at the TA fifty uh, at the TA fifty. Essentially, I'd have a nasty old 
you know, uh, aluminum canteen cup, which was black from this here little stove. Well, so they said that they would have put a little stove for hot water. Well, they, you know, the Army lied. They didn't provide a little stove to heat the damn thing. So essentially, you know, I mean, the only warm water you have would come out of your pecker here, and essentially no one wanted to eat that. So I never, I never thought much of them MREs here. You know what I mean? But that's what they have. That's what they have. So 25 million of them, and let's say the rest of the upstate New York. Upstate New York, there's a lot of places, places here. Except, you know, uh, a place like Buffalo. I don't know why anybody want to live there. But essentially, you have you have these places. It looks like sort of northern Arkansas, but with cooler weather. And you used to have Uyghurs. And I used to see, you know, uh, I, I once dropped off a load or picked up a load at Saratoga. Not Saratoga Springs, where the racetrack is and the Jews and the rest of it are. Saratoga. There was a little town outside of Saratoga. And you had a bunch of these white houses, and you had a whole bunch of fat, white, toothless women. And essentially, you know, these houses didn't have too much paint. And essentially, it was poor in some areas in the Ozarks of Arkansas. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I've been through yeah, some of upstate New York. It's, it's actually beautiful country, but, you know, we didn't really country. stay long. We drove through it, kind of. Well, no, no reason have, to go there. They have... They have essentially the you have Albany politicians and essentially you end up having you know, essentially you have super high taxes in New York State and Pennsylvania. You know, high taxes. You know, you know high, high, high taxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not it's essentially it's essentially stolen and you know, to make sure that well, essentially that uh you no know, you know, this one's you, uh you know, named uh, Kunstler. He was saying this, that, hey, New York City has been approved up here, but essentially it's been approved up at the, essentially because of Wall Street, because of the financial center, because it used to be a book publishing center. Now it's not anymore so much. But essentially, you know, hey, uh, you know, it's been approved up from, what, the late 70s? You know, and I was talking about, you know, in the late 80s when I went and drove through there, when David Dinkins and you ended up having, you ended up having these squeegee niggers, and that you know he was a real shithole. And here comes Giuliani and he goes in and cleans it up some. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but in any case, you have, you have, you, you go ahead and you look, and just like you said here. Uh, essentially, you have fewer and fewer and fewer whites here, and but you end up having these wiggers. You end up having a goofy bitch like, uh, you know, like, uh, no, me and Angela Merkel or whatever here. They sort of assume that they're going to maintain the country with beaners or with ragheads or with the rest of these creatures who essentially are uncivilized and uncivilizable and essentially worthless pieces of shit as far as humanity is concerned. You know what I mean? I don't really know what they're thinking. I mean, I, you know... Maybe they're not. It, Maybe it, they're it's, not. It's not even taking the average German, like, one or two days looking at these people to, to come to the conclusion that this is, you know, a really bad idea. You're starting to, you know, you're reading the stories. I read them, you know, all day long about not being able to walk down the street, having to go everywhere with your kids now because, you know, it's just all these rapists and weirdos and all kinds of freakazoids walking the streets, you know. It's like 
what I think anyway is going on is that the Jew boy knows his days are really, really numbered now. He's, you know, he's going to have, there's going to be hell to pay for this Holocaust bullshit that they've been putting over on everybody for years. Everybody knows they're just a bunch of financial thieves and criminals and everything now. You know, the mask has kind of come off. And so here they're importing all these these brown Middle Easterners into the country who are going to, and, and, you know, they know they're going to, cause nothing but trouble. And that takes the heat off the Jews. Every time there's, uh, there's somebody else to occupy everybody's uh, minds and imaginations, that's good for them. Okay. It's always good Which for the Jews to have somebody who, who makes them look good. That if you're willing to go ahead and kill Wiggers, if you're willing to go ahead and exterminate Wiggers, you know, you'll most certainly be quite willing to exterminate niggers and beaners and Jews. You know what I mean? No, oh, I mean, you know, it, it, they're going to come to the point in Europe where they're not going to have any choice, and it's going to be pretty soon at the rate they're going, you know. Oh, yeah. It oh, won't yeah, be long. They're already, talking, they're already talking about Sweden. Sweden, essentially, you know, these, these essentially these high welfare states, essentially not having any, you know, any ability to essentially, essentially pay for their own here. You know, I no, mean, no. I, I was looking. I was looking at the. Uh, I was looking at, at the uh, chat here, and they were yapping about Social Security and how they weren't be, going to be able to pay for old wiggers. Well, here's Ann Coulter who says, "Well, I know how to save Social Security. Stop giving to foreigners." You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Stop giving it to foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I read? That's exactly. That's exactly what they are doing. I read a story. Are, I think it was about Norway. In their prison system, it's a couple of years ago, and uh, they were just talking to one of the guards or something, and the and the showing them around the the one prison there, and he was saying they got like 115 prison cells in the whole country. That's all they got, and they're 70 percent empty, or at least they were. That was when it was a white country, right? So they aren't even yeah. going to have enough prison cells to put all these shitty uh, Syrians, you know, and Afghanis and, and Somalis and everything that are pouring into their country. They well, won't they even have really, that once it gets started. They don't really care to. I mean, these creatures, these creatures, essentially, they're not able to be taken care of in their own country. That's why I was talking about the Arab Spring. I said, look, uh, these military, you know, you have Egypt with 85 million people. How much are they, you know, how much are they able to actually feed from their own country? They're not. The answer is maybe 45, 50 million. So you have 30 million people who are not, essentially, if it isn't for the ability to buy food from the West, they're not going to be able to be fed. But Yeah, looks like we've uh, lost Martin. Beaner phone is down again. <coughs> okay, so let's look at the chat room while Martin reconnects here and see if there's anything actually intelligent posted. Uh, Martin isn't safe in the Middle East except in counterfeit Israel. Papa Cat is adding candy features to his shopping list. Yeah, that actually works, by the way. 
Uh, not going to say anything more about that. Just buy them, uh, put them in the cupboard somewhere, and wait three, four, five years. You'll have, you'll have all the botulism toxin you, you can ever hope to need. Uh, okay. What else we got here? Marty has left the building, so go wild. Okay, that's what 27 says. Granby's one big anti-Zog think tank with one very small septic tank. Yeah, that's a good one. Jeff Rentz. Cornholio probably lives in... No, actually, I don't live in Granby. Uh, wouldn't want to from the sound of it. Jewish holiday most didn't show up. I guess that's Halloween. A good Jewish holiday. You know, dressed like a demon and ghosts and everything else. Witches. Good Jewish holiday. Oh, somebody actually had like a prophecy there. Plug in the beaner phone. It is getting ready to die. That was a pretty good one. Almost called it right on time. All right, not too much going on in the chat room tonight. Pretty quiet. Anyway, okay, so it sounds like Martin may be a little bit a while here. So why don't we talk about the beloved United States Constitution for a while now? Martin actually uh, goes into that every now and again. Oh, looks like we got Martin back. He'll be here in a moment. In the meantime, you've been listening to the Dick Dick Show, brought to you by Piscetios, Mongrel American, and Dos Lindstedt. Stay bloodthirsty, my friends. And now, Dick <laughs> Routney. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad you managed to keep the uh, you know keep the show going here. Uh, you know, look, I, I would say you're one of the more. I mean, I have had I have had Russ Walker on, uh, and I've had him as a sort of a co-host. And usually, Russ would have his little say here. It didn't really matter where it made any sense. And occasionally, I had John Britton, and sometimes he, you know, it would, you know, he'd be okay here. You know, back, you know, I mean, it it really hurt me, it hurt my feelings when John and Britton sort of stopped calling me. Uh, you know, in March of 2013, and then, hey, I got sort of used to it, and then by the time he, I figured out he turned on me, it didn't really matter. And let me see, what else here? Okay, I'll, I'll listen to some blue, 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 or something like that here, going on another, going on another, uh, going on another show here. In case, uh, where was I? Uh, you, you know, I've had James Lawrence, and essentially he's sort of if he marry America, marry America, you know, blushing marry America. I mean, she's just sort of, she's just usually crazy. You know what I mean? Well, like we were talking about that one time, Martin, there's nobody normal around. Not when you start to get into, you know, the fringe element of society, which is essentially what we we really are, you know. We're all here for well, a reason. It's, it's because we're not uh, we're not like everybody else you meet on the street, you know. And in some ways that's good, no, and in not. some ways that's bad. But that's just the way it is, you know. I was annoyed. I was annoyed when this creative writing teacher told me 
you know, in 1991, you're not known, Martin. And well, you know, no, you're not. not I mean, but, no, but then again, she's right. No, I'm not here. Yeah. You know what I mean? The average, you know, and, and I, I see the same thing with Aldous Huxley. He was saying is that, you know, this was 1964, and then he went ahead and wrote a, a second portion to his book here. He he went ahead and simply said is that the normal person essentially is sociopathic here. This was for his uh, revisiting Brave New World. I think it was a, you know he 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 came out I think in forties or fifties. Then you know ten or twenty years later he went ahead and wrote a second part. He says hey most of society is really really not mentally there, you know, and the vast majority isn't really mentally there. They're not really they're not really ever ready for any prime time here. None of them really, none of them really would be able to essentially live other than in a system the way it is now here. Uh, well, yeah, I think you just you just hit it right on the head. They want times, people that way. Well, yeah, but there's a couple times when, well, five days. You know, we, you know, Granby didn't have electricity for five days after the tornado. Neil Show had it. Within a day or so, actually, parts of Joplin had it, you know, within a couple of days here, uh, before Granby did. And you go around, and there's a few generators. There's generators down at the uh, at the nursing home, and there's a few of them. But essentially, whenever the electricity goes out, the vast majority of the town is extremely dark. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Extremely dark. Now, what I have is I have two trolling motor batteries, and what happens is I keep one of them in my car, and I have this here little solar charger, you know, solar charger, you know, a little solar yep. trickle charger, and I connect it up, yeah. to one of these. I connect it to one of these here little, uh, you know, uh, trolling motor batteries. And essentially, if you want, you can go ahead and hook them up. You can start the car. You can go ahead and jump them. What I did is I had a riding lawnmower with a small, with a small battery, and then I'd you know, hook the jumper cables to a bigger car battery or on the Geo Metro here. And essentially, we had lights, and I had, you know, computer power. And then, at, you know, after dark, our Roxy would need a fan, but essentially we didn't have really a TV or anything like that here. She's uh, Roxy's still huffy because I had one of these. I had I bought two of these here little uh, weather radios, and they both had cranks on them here. So this one battery, yeah, I, this one battery, I didn't want I didn't want to tell her that I had you know it could run on batteries. So I said no, it didn't. So she was listening to she was listening to the horrific stories. She was listening to the horrific stories about what was going on up in Joplin, and essentially she was listening to it on the uh, she was listening to it on the weather radio. You know what I mean? Did you, yours actually works. The only one I ever oh, had, yeah. uh, like you know, you'd crank it all day and you'd never get shit. I'd stand right under the CKLW uh, radio fifty thousand watt tower and I couldn't pick it up with it. Absolutely worth crap. I don't know. Now maybe you get what you pay for. You buy a. $40 one instead of a $14 one, you know, you get something better. Oh, okay. I never had any oh, you luck mean, with them. You mean, you know, well, this one had AM, FM, and weather radio here. Didn't have short line. But essentially what it had is that both of them, well, you know, the smaller one had a little, has a little solar cells on top of it here. 
essentially you can, uh, if I want to, I can get Rush Limbaugh sort of shittily here. But essentially the other one here was the better one. And I have batteries there, but she doesn't listen to the radio much anymore. But anyway, had this, uh, you know, you know, that night she was just, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. And what happens to go for about five minutes, and then you start losing power. She just cranked it all night here. And I said, well, hey, it's good for you to get some sort of exercise here. Next morning, I told her, is that yes, it did run on berries. She was all huffy about it. She's still huffy about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, in case, hey, so, uh, so did everybody go ape shit in town, Martin, when they didn't have any gasoline and no, uh, you know, no ice for their? Not really. No ice I mean, for their gym hand, beam. On the other hand, on the other hand, what happens is that that's another thing here is that I. Go ahead and I buy canned goods. I go ahead and buy everything when it's on sale. You know what I mean? So you always have lots, yeah. And, you know, I always have lots here. And essentially, then the question of it is, is let's say the electricity goes off here and it doesn't come back on, what do you do with these here freezers full of frozen food here? You know what I mean? Do you have essentially go ahead and let everybody have something because it's going to go spoil? And I'd say that would be the smarter thing to do. You know, let everybody yeah. have, hey. You know, let everybody go ahead and cook it now here, you know, and essentially then, you know, worry about it later here. You know what I mean? You know, we don't have these things here, but I'd never even seen one. But apparently, like, places like West Virginia and that, you can get, like, people will make cured hams. Like, you don't even have to put them in the refrigerator. They'll last for three years just hanging up in the basement, which is, like, the neatest thing I ever heard of. I never taste. I can't, you know, maybe it's so salty you couldn't even eat this stuff, but... You know, no, a good idea you know, for uh, the pig meat, that the time pig if you can meat, get them. The pig meat, the pig meat, you know, naturally cures far better than, you know, the chicken or the turkey or the beef because it has a good deal of salt already in it. Uh, you know, and they, they, that's how they that's how they have cured these hams. Essentially, it's a big, it's a big asshole leg of a pig, which essentially was rubbed with salt, and essentially it, you know, went into the meat to the bone, and you would have these hams which were cured here, and they would last for you know quite some time. You know what I mean? Because it would be salt cured, and you'd also yeah. have them you know cured by smoking. You know, the jerky uh, you don't really see that much pork jerky. It's usually beef because you have a good deal of uh, you have a good deal of uh, oh, you know. A fat in the uh, in the pork here. In fact, it's a fat which goes ahead and makes it turn rancid quicker here, quickest here, yeah. like that. But yeah, you 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 could go. You know, people used to go ahead and cure, used to go ahead and cure hams and you know things like that here. Uh, in fact, in fact, uh, usually the butchering time across the northern United States used to be the second weekend of November. You know, I mean, essentially two weeks, two or maybe three weeks after the frost. Uh, last week we had 33, we had a frost, but I I detected it 43. I said, oh, my God. So I went and got some water, you know, from, uh, you know, essentially, and essentially I went ahead and put over my outdoor pepper plants and tomatoes. And only a few yeah. tomato leaves turned black here. So I saved my tomatoes for another week or two. You know what I mean? Now, Later on this month, 
you know, easily average here in Missouri is the second or third weekend in October. And uh, essentially, I don't know, it's supposed to turn cool again next weekend. But it's sort of warm. It's sort of warm here uh, in southwest Missouri. You know, so it's pretty Yeah, nice. actually, it's been warm here kind of lately, too, yeah. Actually, where I am around Detroit, we probably aren't a whole lot further north than what you are, where you, you know, in, in Missouri anyway. Probably about the same latitude, really. What? I got to look that up on a map sometime. I may be, uh, I may be oh, wrong well, about that. Well, you are, you are, you are further, you're further north here. You're further north. Let me see here. Uh, hmm? Check. Uh, take a look at a map here. What, what are you saying? Is the same latitude, uh, Virginia? What? No, probably where you are there, uh, out west, Missouri. Yeah. Well, your father, your father, you know, your father north here that I am in Canada, it's probably frosted already up there, hasn't it? Uh, no, actually, we've only had a couple of frosts. A few mornings. It hasn't uh, hasn't really been that bad. Okay. Well, you know, down around, uh, basically around, you know, the southwestern Ontario, Detroit area around there. Yeah, like, see, looking here. Oh, do you live? You see, live, like, I'm I'm further you, south you than the entire way, state live? of Minnesota, most of Wisconsin. What else here we got? What the hell is that? The Abraska Territory, whatever that. Boy, this must be an old map. Uh, must be. <laughs> oh my goodness. Washington. Yeah, this is must be <laughs> picked up a map from the fifties or or like eighteen fifties. Washington yeah. <laughs> Territory. Yeah. Well. Right yeah. No. Yeah. We're we're definitely a little further yeah. north than what you are. Yeah. But you know, yeah. there's a lot of places in the United States that are are further north than what I am. Right now, right here. A few. Okay, so you yeah. live around what Windsor? You live around? Yeah, Detroit, around Windsor. Yeah. Okay. That well, little remember, spit that hangs down there. Yeah. Let me let me let me just say is that uh, what happens is that you know the this what do they call it the Queen Elizabeth Way, you know, which from Toronto to uh, QEW Queen Queen Elizabeth Way. You know yeah, I mean? it was just up like St. Catharines or something like that, call, yeah. We would call it an interstate. But what happens is that I've never seen a single pothole there, whereas the United States of America Road would be potholes, it would be washed. You know, but, but I hear that you you guys have your, uh, essentially your equivalent to your interstate. The beds of it are two meters down as opposed to one yard in the United States here for an interstate highway. You know what Actually, I mean? Actually, I just... I just saw him uh, ripping up, a, ripping up, and redoing a part of the 401 there not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, it was it was thicker than uh, than even I uh, I would have believed it was cement, you know, not just a yeah. bunch of shitty stone with some blacktop on the top, you know, it looked like a good three feet of cement and then I don't know what six eight inches of blacktop on top of that. It was. Uh, that's yeah, you know, Canadian, I mean, and that's the, the only way you can do it too, because the the, the frost Canadian, just the Canadian destroys it. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is. In the United States, what happens is these roads around Buffalo, in Pennsylvania, in New York State, Ohio, they will be concrete. They will not be blacktop. 
Whereas down in Louisiana, they're blacktopped, and as a result, these trucks go ahead, and that blacktop, it gets sort of fluid during the summer, and these trucks will go ahead and make these ruts here to where yeah, they will actually be two or three inches below that. And essentially in the United States here, they will put salt on it as opposed to on the blacktop. Now, I don't know why in the United States they don't have blacktop in the northern, in the northern states, and concrete in the south. You know what I mean? It should be the exact well, black, opposite of how it is now. Blacktop doesn't stand up to the freeze-thaw cycles like we get here, though. You see, that's the problem is, is you know, is if, it, if it just freezes one time, you know, it comes to middle October or whatever, freezes and stays frozen until April the next year, like those, those places where it's like that, they never have problems with the roads. With us... We get it, it'll freeze for one day, then thaw out, then freeze for two days again, then thaw out, then freeze for a day. And it's constantly, you're making ice water, ice water, and it's just, you know, and it's just busting the potholes open every time you do it. Worse and worse and worse, eh? I've never seen seen, seen a single pothole on on your major Canadian roads. Of course, that's the only road that I ever took in Canada. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you uh, you get off on some of the cheaper roads that are built by the lowest bidder, and they are just they're rotten, full of potholes. But yeah, the, the main highways, the four the four hundred system, yeah, they're you know they're uh, they're quality built, taken care of. Yeah, but other than that, no, we got we got potholes here, just as bad as anybody. Oh, okay. but not as bad as Detroit. I gotta say, Detroit is absolutely the <laughs> pothole capital of the world. I think. Oh, I remember, when was it, 1990, uh, essentially I was going, Halloween, Halloween, I was leaving, I was leaving, you know, I had to stop at the uh, customs here, you know, and, you know, right on the, you know, you have this bridge here, I'm not sure if it's the Peace Bridge or the Ambassador Bridge, but essentially, uh, the Peace, you know, one of the bridges is up in Niagara Falls, you know, you know, you have yeah, Niagara yeah. Falls, Canada, Niagara Falls, uh, United States here. And I think that's the Peace Bridge. That's the Peace Bridge. And then yeah, you have, that one up there. The Ambassador's Bridge. the one in Windsor to Detroit. Windsor, okay. And yeah. essentially crossed into Detroit, and this was Halloween. And essentially the niggers were having what they called Devil's Night. And what it moved down to is the niggers <laughs> would go ahead and set fire, you know, to abandoned buildings, be it a residential or warehouse here. And essentially, they were saying they were going to have a especially wicked devil's night here where the niggers were going to go ahead and burn down more shit here. So I went ahead, and it was about to get turned dark. I did not linger in Detroit. I just kept on no. going until I got uh, to uh, Kalamazoo or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they used to have three, four hundred arson fires a night on those devil's nights. The worst ones were kind of back end of the eighties, but it's they kind of don't do it as much anymore. You know, and of course that was a big excuse for everybody to have insurance fires too, right? All on that same night because it was so famous, you know. Well, that's what it was. It was, you know, this was, you know, toward the nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that would have been right about the height of it. Yeah, yeah, it was the height. It was the height of it here. And uh, what they did, what they did is that, what they did is they just simply, I think they ran, really, fall pack purposes here, even niggers are trying to move out of Detroit here. You know what I mean? They They were saying that Detroit has been so abandoned, and essentially all the white people have left, 
But the niggers, of course, can't keep up with it. You don't have street lights. You don't have anything. You know what I mean? You don't. You know, it's down. Uh, it's down to something like seven hundred and fifty thousand people now, from like two million just, you know, fifteen years ago. Like there's, you know, two thirds of the people have moved out. Pretty amazing. Oh yeah. To where? Yeah. Where have they moved to? <sighs> Who knows? They've just gone. They've wandered off someplace. It was all niggers, so you you know, I mean you never know. They just go to some other place and fit right in there. <laughs> Damn dinner wherever, you know, any place that's got better welfare or something. Who knows? But they're gone. Yeah. 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 So anyway, let's see. It's what only it's only twelve forty seven here. I, I keep I'm looking at my watch here, it says one forty seven because this watch is Older than it should be, and I, I'm not able to go ahead and change the hours back or something like that here. Oh, you're on uh, Eastern Standard Time now, which is the only time zone that matters anyway, so that's I good. Think so? Well, yeah. Well, Eastern Time Zone, I think, has the most people in it. You know, maybe yeah, probably, yeah. Too. I don't you know. You have, the, you have your big... They were, they were talking about... They were talking about zombie protection zones. If you end up having zombies, I'm watching... I'm watching reruns of The Walking Dead right now, or essentially from the uh, from the main show here. But uh, in any case, uh, they were they were saying that pretty well. A place like New York City, with its limited with its limited access and in, you know in you know bringing in and you know going out, and with its population. Well, hey, if you had a zombie Uyghur and Mamzer apocalypse, well, hey, you'd uh, you'd have a you'd have a hell of a deal here in say New York City. Kansas City would be a whole lot safer. You know what I mean? Of course, I don't know if any city would be particularly safe here. But yeah, I don't know. I think you'd anyway, want to be out in the stick somewhere. Yeah, but do you? I don't know. Even even out in the sticks here, you you go ahead and you look. You go ahead and you look, and most of these people, they're you know they don't have electricity. Why they're not able to do anything here? That's why I'm a little bit worried. This house that I'm in now doesn't have gas heat here. It doesn't have natural gas as a, you know to to heat things here. You know what I mean? And I don't have a yeah. stove like I did down at the Hubble. Uh, you have a fireplace in there? No, I had a, I had a wood stove down at the Hubble, uh, and essentially I got to where Oh, I can keep the sport sort of from getting smoky here. Uh, what happens is that I close out the hole, but I still think I have raccoons and possums going into it and tearing shit up in there. And there's about four inches of trash on the floor when these damn coons and possums have tore things up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, in case, when I live, slept down there, why, hey, they wouldn't come in. You know what I mean? Not with me in there. Yeah. But now they get, you know, they essentially get in there and, oh, they've tore, tore up bags of flour and stuff like that here. So, you know, got sort of messed up here. But anyway, I don't know. 10, 30, 11, 30, 12, 30. I may, I may, I'm going to have to probably pull an all-nighter. I'm going to go ahead and check and see uh, where my package went here. I'm going to have to, but on the other hand, uh, 
it's sort of easier because here's this here's this federal judge. They they've got to where policemen get to threaten you with arrest, and essentially you're supposed to treat them as if you're supposed to treat it as if it don't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're supposed to go ahead and treat that. Essentially, they're making oh well, it looks like Paul Dembski logged in. I'm not sure if he's still in there. I'm not sure what my talk to you chat looks like. Let me go ahead and see if I still got it. Okay, it's still there. Well, uh, looks like Dembski's logged in here. Shoot, it must be, what, 2 o'clock where he lives at here. It might be Mrs. Dembski's listening at. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, Either way, hey, if it's Paul, call in. Uh, I kind of don't want to go all night anyways. I'm going to actually sleep and go to work tomorrow. So if anybody wants to call in, call in. By all means. Well, I might be able to do here. By all means. But, uh, no, in case, you know, what, you know, what I, what I see in white nationalism here, you know, and, you know, here's Billy Roper, he's swine in that. Nobody attended the, what he called the little faggot, little faggot conference in Washington, D.C. here. And, uh, I'm sort of annoyed at old Billy Roper because hey, he uh, he, he became non-Facebook friends with me because April Gady bitched about this song I made up about her. You know, look at me, I'm April Gady, horny as a skank can be, and essentially it was in relationship to her, her essentially betraying her, you know, betraying Edgar Steele. Now, I didn't yeah. Much of that shit, and essentially here he gets all happy. Well, he was. You know, he was a big follower. He was a big follower of, uh, what the hell, Rick Spring, who associated being a federal informant. And here he is following April Gady because, uh, you know, because he, uh, you know, I mean, essentially she bitches, she bitches to him about this video I made. But at the very end of the video, it says, stop betraying Edgar Steele. So I wonder if old, you know, if old Billy Roper isn't exactly isn't a Zogbot here. You know what I mean? He certainly hasn't been very smart in his choice, in his choice of uh, you know who he's going to be buddies with here. Okay, well, yeah. To lay back with headphones here. Well, that's what you know. Dembski said he's just going to lay back with listening to the headphones here. I'm not sure if it's Mrs. Dembski who's enjoying the hit show or. Uh, or Paul that's enjoying the show. It don't really matter. They got oh the pig back here. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, in case I don't even want a dog living in my house, let alone some fucking pig. But I don't know. Some more. What people say the pigs are actually a little bit cleaner than the dogs. Hard to believe, but oh, so I people know. say. My my poopy my poopy dog is actually fairly clean here. He goes to the. Uh, he goes to the front when he has to go. And as long as he's not sure. shedding all over the carpet and everything, you get one of those big hairy dogs, and everything he owns got dog hair on it. You know, I. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember this one guy. He had four dogs, and none of them were housebroken. And since he had dog hair, he had dog shit all over the fucking place. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Big dogs were a bigger problem because they would shit bigger turds and more turds here than the small dogs. Old dogs would shit and piss as well here, but, you know, pretty well the landlord, uh, I guess he didn't really much care. Or, you know, actually it was mainly wooden floors at this house here. You know what I mean? What, what was hilarious here is that he had, 
Okay, it's Paul Dembski. What was funny, what was especially funny, is that he had this hatchet-faced here little squaw named, uh, her name was Deborah or something like that here. I called her the pisser because, you know, he, he discovered the joys of the internet. And uh, what, he, what he had is he had old Packard Bell, which was a 46 DX33, and he bought a he bought a Pentium chip here, one of these P60s. This was way back in 19, 1999. And uh, so he got on the Internet here, and he had this heifer come over, and this bitch was so, so damn lazy here, she wouldn't get up to go to the bathroom. She would go ahead, and he had a Folgers tin filled with cat litter because he, was, he smoked like a chimney. He ended up dying of blood cancer, oh, you know, a couple months after I got out of the, out of the jail here. But anyway, he, uh, no, no, about a year after I got out of the jail. He died in December, January, December 2009, January 2010. But anyway, he had this, he had this, he had this heifer, he had this, it had to face Indian heifer. And uh, she was she was a big slut here, but I don't know if he gave her she gave me pussy or not here. But she was so damn lazy that rather than go up from you know in front of the computer, rather than go to the bathroom, which was a couple of rooms away, she she just went ahead, pulled her pants down, and pissed in his soldier can full of kitty litter and cigarette butts. And so I took to calling her the pisser. That reminds me of a story. So when they when they first so opened the casino here in Windsor, it uh-huh. used to be like nigger town in there because it was like every every old fat five hundred pound black woman was in there. Anyway, they, they used to be famous for uh, like they come over and they start playing the slot machines, right? And you know, of course, they don't want to stop. So some of them would actually wear adult diapers and sit at the slot machine for like ten fifteen hours and never go to the bathroom. Because they were basically pissing themselves right there at the machine. They used to they used to throw them out. It was pretty common. They'd catch them when it happened and throw them right out of the place. But yeah, it's not totally uncommon and unheard of, you know. Well, she she go ahead called pisser. Well, here it is, December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, and I'm looking. We're all waiting for Y two K off here, and I says, uh, I go ahead and I look. And Sydney, Sydney, Sydney is just across the international date line. It's 14 hours ahead of Central Town. And guess what? There's, you know, planes aren't falling out of the sky. The electricity works here. I guess the computers, supposedly computers, you know, Y2K was supposed to end up with the computers here. Well, yeah. guess what? It didn't happen in Sydney. So anyway, here it is. It's around 10:30. And my you know, friend who I'd run as a non-lawyer for judge in 1998, kept him out of jail. He comes over with this Kansas cutie here who's actually fairly nice here. You know, he met her all on the Internet. And the pisser comes by. And up comes Pig Oak here. This is when Pig Oak was nice here. And in 1999, he goes ahead. And the pisser, you know, you know Dorothy the pisser, you know, had to play squaw. He's sort of coming on to him. He says, I know you. And she's sort of looking befuddled here. Oh, I mean, you know, did I fuck him here while I was drunk or something like that? He says, <laughs> you rode, you went out to Yonkerville. You went out to Yonkerville. 
you know, this was a crossroads which had a which had a uh, old wood two story two story wooden frame house here, which was a bar, and most of it had been you know essentially you know essentially you know converted into essentially just concrete flooring on the bottom floor, and uh, people rent. So usually the population of Yonkerville was about four or five during the daylight hours. And it was more like about 250 at night because that's when they bring in bands or something like that. So they call it Yonkerville. Well, you were over, you were over at the Yonk, yeah, at the Yonkerville, and you were riding George Martin's leg. Now I don't know if you've seen some of these heifers here. Some of these heifers here, what they'll do is that they will essentially ride this guy's leg here, you know, in order, you know, have their, you know, have their clitoris here in their jeans. Go ahead and rub up against you know this guy's leg here. You, you go ahead and you see it. But some of these yeah. heifers are sort of drunk. You know what I mean? Yeah, you that's were riding right. George Martin's leg. You know what I mean? And this, you know, I mean George Martin was a big old poon hound here. You know what I mean? I guess that happens you know? everywhere. Happens everywhere. You were riding George Martin's yeah. leg. And she doesn't know what to say here. You know what I mean? Maybe she wanted to ride his leg. Yeah. I don't know. But essentially, uh, essentially, old uh, what the hell, you know, essentially, old Richard, he didn't want to say anything. Uh, Dorothy, you know, the other Dorothy from Kansas didn't want to say anything. She was too highly bred. And the pisser, a.k.a. Dorothy, uh, she didn't know what to say. I thought it was hilarious. You know what I mean? Uh, so, no. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were watching, you know, we came over there to watch the. Uh, to watch the big old odometer thing, and I offered some of you know a beer or two here. Uh, you know, since I guess Dorothy, the, the good Dorothy from Kansas here, you know, yeah. was uh, was essentially uh, was essentially she was what in her fifties, and she you know she had a couple daughters, and she'd been divorced, and I guess she was she was hard up here, something like that. So here comes old Rich with his. Two Dorothy's here, one of them being the pisser here. So, in any case, I I was never too thrilled. Yeah, you know, I said, Rich, don't you understand? I mean, essentially, her pissing in your Folgers can with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the kitty litter, and going ahead and covering your kitty kitty litter with, you know, and cigarette butts with her own piss here. That is highly disrespectful. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah um, no kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, nothing says like "fuck you" more than pissing in your ashtray. You know, <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what it is. <laughs> Holy cow! Well, he likes, that's he likes like totally a lack of class, it. right there. No doubt about it. I mean, I'm not the classiest person in the world myself, but I wouldn't piss in somebody's <laughs> ashtray either. <laughs> Well, it was a, it was a, it was a Folgers cat. I sort of wonder if the pisser didn't have a fucking ring around her buttocks here from when she pissed here. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, my gather, it's a shit. What the hell's all this liquid? You don't chew, Rich. What the hell's all this liquid? Oh, you know, Dorothy, Dorothy, she had to go here. She didn't want to leave the computer, so you know, very far. So essentially, she just. She pissed in my, she pissed in my folder can full of kitty litter and uh, cigarette butts here. I said, "Shit, what the fuck? I mean, hell, she must have a gallon-sized bladder here, you know, to, to damn near cover, 
damn near cover what oh three quarters of Folger can with what you know half inch of piss. You know what I mean? Depends but, on how uh, how long you've been holding it. I guess I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and oh man. <laughs> anyway, you know about the about the movement being basically a shithole, and I mean it is a shithole because of the the characters that are in it. I mean, let's face it, but. You know, there are right ways and wrong ways to do just about everything. Not everything works, and obviously we just haven't found anything that's worked yet, you know? I don't think it's... it's well, it's, it's totally the idea just to give up on it, you know, and say, oh, well, you know, it obviously can't be done, because it can be done. It just... We haven't hit on the right formula, you know? I don't... You know, I, I think that the... You know, pretty well. I, I don't. I don't say anything bad about Hill Covington, but in many cases, he. Uh, you know, I, I. I know that he's trying to build something with. He'll have. He'll have some. He'll have some. You know, quality characters here, but then again, he'll have a whole bunch of non-quality characters. You know, with him here. Um, yeah. I think you know. I, I mean, essentially, what what you will have. Like his right hand man Andy here, he was essentially he was raised in a Christian Zionist you know Republican family in Houston, and what happens is that then he goes ahead and he looks, he goes ahead and looks at Obongo Care. He goes ahead and he essentially here he is. He is you know he is into the data. You now he's you know taking the computer science here for this high paying job here and essentially he did get a high paying job. He worked for Google Ads in uh Kansas City with Jews and the rest of these art critters. Essentially here he is. He's thinking of leaving the country, then he figures out the whole world is fucked up. You know what I mean? Even more than yeah, the United no States. Better and and uh you know it's sort of like my movement matter. He sort of said, hey, I'll think of moving to a Caribbean island. Then I went ahead and actually went down there, and essentially the Caribbean islands are just filled with niggers. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So, uh... Full of niggers and British idiots, just like uh, you find in downtown city of London, England, you know? No better okay. than any place else. No better than any place else here. So really, really... If you are worried about survival, you know, and this is why I tried to tell Johnny Tonto here, uh, when he got that big old payoff for 10000 and his third daughter is wanting to fuck beaners, you know, that's what the big flat was, you know, in January of 2012. I mean, you know, hey, you know, and his lawyers, they get wind of that here, and they're hoping that essentially uh, his third daughter will get him in trouble, so essentially they don't have to pay him anything here. So what they're doing is that uh, what they're doing is that they are looking, you know, I mean, essentially I'm saying, you know, this is when I bought this house here I'm living in now, your Roxy's mom's house, which essentially 12000 for $2,000 a piece for the other, you know, six brothers and sisters that Roxy has, and she's kicking in her portion, which is 2000 So yeah. in any case, I'm, I'm saying is that, look, John, you're having a problem with your sister, you're bitching about you're bitching about this and you're bitching about that, and and you know what you need to do, 
what you need to do is you need to simply buy just like corn cob is. We figured out where corn cob lived sometime around March or April. You need to you need to go ahead and spend you know ten thousand of that and probably buy oh maybe a portion of the town. You know, and essentially you don't have to worry about your third daughter fucking beaners because there is none in West River, South Dakota. You know what I mean? No? Yeah. You can There's also no jobs can, in West River, South Dakota either though. Well, that's, that's true. That's true. But if you have a hundred and ten thousand dollars, that'll go quite some ways, you know what I mean? You know, and you know that's I mean? and that'll be the reason that'll be the reason why Covington's place never gets off the ground either, because you you know, you have to have not just some compound, you know, it's like everybody seems to always want to make, oh, well, you know, we'll make a compound and everybody will live there. But, like, you know, once they get no, there, he, like, what are we going to do now? How are we going to earn money? Like, you know, what are we going to do well, in the, lives, when we need a new roof on the place? You know, He he lives in Seattle. He was saying is that, hey, uh, there's this battleship or what air, aircraft carrier which is being fixed up or something like that. And essentially the rents have gone sky high and, you know, he's wanting people to move to the northwest here, and but not going to a compound, not going to Cabin in the Woods. He wants them to essentially, well, I don't know, you know, work on his thing. That, that's the thing that gets me is that all these bowel movement leaders, be they at Washington, D.C., be they with David Duck, what they want to do, what they want to do is they want to create from the top down an, an ethnostate here. And what I keep on trying to tell them is that we will have, I believe, when things fall apart, we will have a number of ethnostates. And the way to survive essentially is to essentially hate globally, but kill locally. Kill the you know, kill the local policemen, kill the local judges and lawyers and the local powers that be, because essentially they are they are corrupt and they need to die. And essentially, they are hated, and they have money. And essentially, you destroy them, you destroy their lives, you finish them off. And essentially, you essentially set up a new warlord state here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, so essentially, that's what you. That's what main cases you had. That's what main cases you had at the tail end of the you know the Roman civil wars, the tail end of the Republic. I mean, essentially, uh, what Rom- what uh, Caesar Augustus did is that essentially he, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, him and you know him and Mark Anthony fought with each other, and Mark Anthony got whooped. But then what happens is they formed the Second Triumvirate, and then they pretty well kicked out Lepidus here, and every side here had to give up one of his buddies here. Uh, uh, essentially, Cicero was given up to Mark Anthony by Octavian, and pretty well, uh, you know, Anthony went ahead and let the other triumvirates kill one of his brothers, and essentially, Lepidus did the same with his brother, and essentially, Cicero was, you know, was given up by, you know, Octavian, and. You know, the end result is, is that first they went against the assassins of Caesar, and essentially they finished up they finished up Brutus and Cassius, and then, and then at the very end, why 
you know, pretty well Lepidus was banished here, you know, to some place in North Africa. And uh, Anthony, essentially Anthony and Cleopatra were defeated at Actium and pursued to Egypt. Egypt was then annexed into the Roman Empire. And essentially, at the very end of it, they had, at the height of the Roman Empire, they had 200 legions. They had, what, a million men, you know, under arms for an empire which had about maybe 10 million people in it. So essentially, they had, you know, usually military, you know, military proficient males are about 5% of the population. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. We're not talking about militia. We're not talking about even select militia. We're talking about really professional military grade men here, usually about 5% of the population. Now, in this country, it's really only about a third. When you go ahead and add up all the armed forces, it's only about a third of 1%, you know, in the Zogland. You know what I mean? Yeah, One million? yeah. You know, one million out of over three hundred million, and they they're saying is that hey, you know, really, really most of the you know young men in this country are not even fit to be drafted. You know what I mean? It's the same mm-hmm. thing which happened in World War One. You know, under Churchill, why he was Secretary of the Admiralty or something like that, or Minister of the Admiralty or First Sea Lord or whatever. And he was saying, well, that's a hell of a deal when you have an empire that's not even fit to flush its own toilet. And uh, in any case... Oh, and they probably weren't (laughs) half as fat as stupid as we are now, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you you go ahead and you look. You you see all these people who are talking about being tough, and they have tattoos, and they're, you know, they're, you know, sort of like Axis Skanky. Here's Axis Skanky. She has all these tattoos. You know, she's a rather small woman. She's sort of, you know, into bodybuilding. She wants to look scary. Well, why? Why bother? She's you know done I mean? a good job of it. Oh, she's just, she's just simply, she's just simply, I mean, you know, I, I used to piss her off on anybody. You know, she would go ahead and say, oh, my, you know, my daughter's, you know, and I'd say, your daughter's ain't, you're not white, so your daughter's ain't white. Why, why are you, uh. Why are you uh, going from this to that to this to that? Why are you bothering? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, they have, she has this well. bigger... But in case, you, you have you have all these people, and they sort of think they're going to run intellectually some sort of white supremacist movement from the top down. And I don't see that happening here. I, I, I don't see... You know, I mean, when I got in, when I got into this movement, you know, the original militias were less than, you know, had less than, you know, maybe twenty people, usually less than a dozen. They were all white. They all, they all were either led by either a clansman or a Christian identity military veteran, or both. You know, I mean, the clan CI has become a lot. You know, well, it's not a federal, you know, Zog clan here, and. You know, nowadays, nowadays, I'd say there's three or four times as many, quote, militia people, but they don't call themselves militia. They call them preppers or doomers or whatever. You know what I mean? And more and more people are seeing seeing the end of Zog Babylon. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm they looking, do. 
they see an end. They see an end to this here. They see, you know, pretty well. Pretty well. They're talking about next month how they're going to rate me. I wonder where the Fed's going to raise the prime lending rate up a quarter percent or a half a percent or nothing at all. And essentially, they run out of they run out of room altogether from this sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's no there's no wiggle room left anymore. At all. So, in any case, uh, yeah, I was just, I was just sort of, I was just sort of thinking, you know, sort of thinking about, you know, you know what's going down or what's, you know, what's what's occurring here. And I'm going ahead looking at this federal judge, and he seems to have the notion that the Eighth Circuit has said that uh, cops get to threaten people with false arrests here. Essentially, if they don't go ahead and actually beat somebody up, why that's okay. But the answer, you know, to, you know, for someone like me is that, hey, you know, uh, what happens when you're no longer in power? When you're no longer in charge? What happens when you're no longer? I mean, essentially, does that mean that you know, a warlord's police officer can go ahead and threaten a regime criminal and one, two, three, okay, well, too late here, and they start going ahead and beating these uh, former pigs up, these former regime criminals up here. You know what I mean? There's a lot of hatred for these regime criminals. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm just not so sure that it's going to collapse quite as quickly and completely as what everybody thinks, though, you know. Sure, everybody hates regime criminals, but you know they seem to be perfectly willing to to uh, take their butt fucking just about every day, and I don't I don't really see any end to it. You know, just, they, they, okay. you know they always oh, a line in the sand. Well, there's no line in the sand. They just it just gets crossed, well, I, and I, then they draw I, another I, line and another line and another line. You know, it could go on for a hundred years like this, till everybody's wearing uh, a pair of leg irons. You know. And then everybody will say, "Oh, well, the line in the sand will be when they put the irons on my uh, on my wrists." You know, it's. Well, just, I've seen that. It ain't gonna I have stop. seen that. I have seen that in the bowel movement here, and I've, I've I've commented on is that the revolution starts starts when the jackbooted thugs are kicking down my door. I, I've seen I've seen these critters say, "No more Wacos, no more Wacos after Waco," and then what? Six months they have this Republic of Texas thing here, and essentially, they don't believe in the Constitution, so fuck them here. And yes, I, I've seen that. I've seen that over the past 20 years here. But on the other hand, on the other hand, why, when you do have a collapse in the social order, you know, like I said before, remember the 24 million, the 24 million meals ready to eat here for what? Oh, 20 million people living in New York State, 8 million people living in New York City. That's how they're prepared for it, is they got three meals or one meal. Yeah. But, you I mean, mean, things never collapsed. Things never collapsed during the Great Depression, though, either. Everything just kept no, wheezing along. Yeah, the, 7 million people starved to death, but, you know, they... they, they they could at least keep some soup in the soup kitchens and keep everybody, you know, rolling along just a little bit. Prosperity's right around the corner. You know, they'll feed everybody all that same shit this time. You know, 
It isn't going to get started until we start it. In 19, you know, say from the Linsteads didn't get electricity out on the farm until 1936. You know what I mean? Yeah, my my great-grandparents didn't have it until the 50s. They actually, they could have got it, but they never did. They just used same, kept using the coal oil lamps and everything. You know, it's it worked for them before, so why, why bother? You know, why dick with it? Why dick with it? They didn't really want or yep, need a radio. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay, so you're you're having people who, you know, here's not here it is, you know, but you don't have the same people as you did in 1933. You don't have the same. You don't have the same willingness to live at a lower standard of living that you did in 1933. I mean, you have niggers rioting over nothing, and you know, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I guess I don't. I guess I don't see what you're seeing. I see that things can turn bad and turn ugly rather quickly. You know, sort of like Hurricane Katrina. I'm reading about it while I'm in jail. And here is what? Oh, they have 4,500 pigs and only 1,500 of them show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it only lasted for a couple of days, and then they got it back under control. You know what I mean? Well, they got it under control. Like, they can do that all over the place. Any, anytime there's a little breakdown in a, in a minor area, they always seem to get it back under control. Just like the L.A. riots. They go, they make a few promises, tell everybody there'll be an economic zone built here, ship in a little bit of food and water, and everybody just goes right back to their slavery again. You know, and they can they can put out those little fires all over the place, and they do do it. They you know, do I do just it. I I kind of I just don't see a, a ever there there ever being a collapse big and horrible enough to to be like this uh, this life changing nation changing thing. You know, I mean the the Soviet Union collapse wasn't even horrible enough to do that. They just kept well, on going they, with the same bunch of Russian, you know, they, they stopped calling them the, the Russian Communist Party and just stopped, started calling them the Russian Mafia instead. This is the same bunch of guys running the country. Nothing ever really changed. It did, it did change here. But in the case of the Russians, what they had done is that they had killed most of the people who were capable of independent thought in any case, hadn't they? Mm, yeah, to an extent, yeah. Although Russians were never really capable of that anyway. They'd they'd live under any Mongol Khan, any Tsar, any Stalin, you know, as long as the trains ran on time and there was lots of vodka. It's just the kind of people they are, you know, and they're still doing it today okay. under Putin. All right. That's true. And you know, That's... and and to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know if the if the American people are really any different from that anymore. I think they might have been at one time. But I think they've come to they've come they to learn there to learn to love it. They were, but I don't know. I I don't. You know, maybe you know, maybe, and and I've I've heard stories like this is that every exile, every exile sees the seeds of revolution. You know, even when none exists here. I think it was Napoleon who said that here. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, I mean, I'm definitely, I am definitely an outsider as all. I really hate this system. I really hate this country. Uh, pretty well, pretty well in the case of this, in the case of this particular, you see what I do in my lawsuits 
is I try to strip aside strip aside the belief that there is any you know real honest elections or any real honest anything here. Uh, so you know, like like I've already written here and I already mailed out, so I can't change it now. Uh, I pretty well said is that the original the original plan was to prevent my brother from selling my mom's house in the acre or so of which it was on. And I was successful for in doing that. You know what I mean? Now yeah. I've got two judges who are op- openly violating Missouri state law. I have I have a uh I have a uh essentially these two judges violating the law yet again. And essentially the point is is to point out there is no rule of law. Since there's no rule of law, it's a matter of power. And since it's a matter of power, essentially whoever's in power gets to do whatever the hell they want to to the population and to the regime criminals. And and generally generally unlike most of the bowel movement leaders here, I'm not trying to whine about white genocide. I'm not trying to whine about, you know, really – it wouldn't make much sense because I believe that things are not going to get better until the Uyghur population essentially has no choice but to fight or to die, and that the first creatures that should be killed are Uyghurs. I mean, I sort of like I sort of like to where you know last week the head of the FBI was whining like a pussy. He was whining like a pussy. Not because pigs are still brutal, that pigs are still killing niggers. He was why like a pussy because everybody has a cell phone and doesn't have a problem with posting examples of pig brutality. So as a result yeah. as a result, you end up having you end up having to where niggers are essentially are claiming that how dare how dare you follow a thieving nigger? You know, and try to keep him from stealing or robbing or raping or doing whatever here. Well, hey, this is police brutality. Oh, no, you shot an unarmed nigger here who, well, more likely was casing the joint here. And so what you see is that you see places like, say, Baltimore burning up. You see the, you see the death toll in Baltimore rising. You see everything, you know, you see everything going you know, going not in good shape here. You see, economically, you see, uh, you know, essentially what? Two weeks ago, Walmart, uh, Walmart had disappointing earnings. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you know, anyway. believe me, I'd, I'd love to see everything fall apart, just like you say. You know, I think that'd be the greatest. I think a good kick in the ass is exactly what everybody needs to begin with, even if it doesn't cause any real change. I think just for everybody to get what they got coming to them. And if it does, then that's great too, you know, but uh, I just don't. I, I I don't see that the people have got it in them anymore. I mean, you look at that. You look at that shitty Detroit, which is right across the river from us right now. I mean, those niggers have been pounded so far into the ground now that, that they couldn't get up and riot if they wanted to, you know? In fact, just like we were talking about the Devil's Night fires, like, they don't even have it in them to go out and start fires on Devil's Night for fun anymore. It's like they're just so... They're so pounded down so badly that, that they just... Uh, they've got nothing left, you know? No will, no anything. And that, and probably isn't much left of anything really to burn anymore anyway. 
You know what I mean? No, there isn't really for the most part, yeah. Yeah. But uh they just don't have it in them. People don't anymore. They're they're it's like they don't even want to uh want to fight the Jew. They in fact not only do they not even want to fight the Jew, they don't even want to they won't even dare say it, you know? Oh, that the Jew is the problem. Oh no, we can't say that. You know, they're not they don't even they can't even ratchet up the guts just to to say what they really want to what they really think, what they really feel, you know? And that's pretty pathetic when they can't even do that. Like you expect that kind of guy is gonna go out and, and shoot some regime criminal or some kike liquor store owner, some porn shop owner. That nah, ain't gonna happen, not in a million years. Until we finally get that guy and turn him into something. You know, and that's why I think, well, that the, you know, there has to be get, something of a movement. Well, the thing about it is, is I've seen the movement, and it's there's nothing there, though. There's yeah, I mean, yeah. There's nothing there. Yeah, there's there's no question that it's that it's a, well, it's, it's a bowel movement. That's exactly what it is. But, but does it have to be that way, or can it be something better, though? Well, I mean, if you're talking about if you're talking about the low quality of the general population here, and I talk about the low quality of the so-called leadership, you know, the absolute idiocy, the absolute silliness. Why you're saying is that essentially the population isn't worth the shit? And I agree with that, but the leadership yeah. isn't worth, the so-called leadership isn't worth the shit here. You know, well, the leadership show, isn't it. This show, when Leadership's started, an extension of the population, though. When it started, yeah. Uh, when, when you get into politics, you, you start out believing is that, hey, uh, things have to change. Things have to change at the top here. That's why I'm running for state rep and then governor and then United States senator. And essentially for something you're not going to change because essentially there's nobody to change. You're going to try to change at the top here. And then you go and you see the people who essentially want to be leaders or even want to be followers, and you find out the population is absolutely degenerate. I go ahead and look at this uh, webpage called marketticker.org. And here's called... Yeah, I look at it now and again, too, yeah. I, you know, and essentially he said, how long, America, will you take your ass-fucking? Well, the answer is that you will take your ass-fucking even past the point when the lube, when there's no lube anymore. You know what I mean? You'll yep. take it because essentially that shows that at least they have enough interest in whatever they got left here to give you an ass fucking over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I go ahead and I look at Brian Rear. He has what thirty? He has thirty lawsuits. Essentially, he's pulled the same thing. He's pulling a motion to strike, and I'm wondering how the hell does this goofy bastard come up with thirty lawsuits without losing? without losing one and being made to pay for the stupid shit he does here. Is there something going on in Lake County I don't know about? And the answer is there might be. So, you know, I mean, I go ahead, though, and, you know, at Rosemont here, they were yapping, 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 yapping about, they were yapping about how 271 days, and there's already 294 Shootings of one or more people by you know by nuts and crazies with handguns or whatever. 
with you know with essentially most people are not killed with assault rifles or you know you know long guns they're killed by well semi-automatic pistols in most cases you know what i mean yep yep absolutely and yeah you're having more and more and more and more and more of that and they're only making a big deal about it if it's you know if it's something that they can use to go ahead and talk about taking guns but here are these liberals you know, I mean, more and more and more, there's less and less and less interest in essentially gun control because, you know, the fact of the matter is, there's, you know, they know there's at least 300 million. I think it's more like four or 500 million guns. You know what I mean? And the answer is you only, yeah. have, you only have about one million actual pigs here, you know, who are licensed to arrest people or whatever. And you have, what, six or seven million people who have already been, in some cases, in a major felony. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so as a result here, what you see is that if you're a revolutionary, you see, in my cases, you see hope. You see hope. Yeah, here. sure, they're outnumbered. It's just no, like that scene in The like Warriors with Cyrus up on the tower, right? Telling everybody yeah. that, you know, all you have to do is count. There's 20,000 pigs in the whole city and 90,000 of you. You know, you got them outnumbered. Yeah. And I mean, that is the truth. We got the Jews outnumbered. We got the pigs outnumbered. The uh, Every scumbag population in society. Like, all oh, yeah. we got to do is just, if we can just we can just get together a little bit and, and well, you no, know, get started. I, I don't so think, it's got to happen. Think they, I don't think to get together is necessary here. If you want to be a successful warlord, I mean, essentially, if it's if it's rulership by a you know, minority, like lots of studies said here, is that they the very first use of the IQ test was in 1970, 1917 to determine intelligence. Now, the Army, when I was in it, what, over 30 years ago, said that in order to be an officer, you had to have at least 110 IQ. You had to be... Essentially, a B minus, at least a B minus or a B level intellect here. You had to be, I mean, essentially on the high end of the normal standard deviation here. Now, yeah. In any case, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that you have what 62 percent of the bell-shaped curve to where 100 for white people is a normal IQ with niggers is 85 because they're mulattoes here. And essentially, the low of 15% is 70 IQ, which is retarded. You know what I mean? But even yep. you know, pure-blooded niggers have what? Usually an average of 65 IQ. But the models have higher ones. Essentially, with the whites here, with 100 IQ, the top the top normal is 115 IQ. And then you have 4.5%. You have 4.5% on both sides here. You know, way dumber here and then way smarter up to about 100 and, you know, 120 or so IQ. And then you have even less than that who are essentially A-level IQ of what? Oh, you know, about 4.5% and then 0.1% or 0.5%. So essentially, you know, when you're talking about 100, you know, essentially genius-level IQ, of, you know, defined as being over 135, you know, essentially – you know, essentially your your uh, your alpha your your alpha in terms of intellect in terms of will are 
essentially a definite you know minority. Yeah. And right sure, now, yeah. right now, your alpha you know your alpha majority finds it easier just to go ahead and be co-opted by the system, you know, to essentially become, you know, essentially become a, uh, you know. You know, someone to be co-opted by a system, to have the wealth, to have the ability to lead, to have, you know, essentially what they have to worry about is the is the one or two alphas on the other side here, like, you know, men like Vladimir Lenin or Joseph Stalin or uh, or Felix Straczynski or Mao Zedong or by Paul Pot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in many cases when this system is creaking, it's not you know, I mean the closest the closest I can think of to what the current American system is, is sort of like the Russian the Russian Empire just after you know, just after what, nineteen you know, you know, after the war started, but essentially after nineteen oh five when the uh, there was this big gunning down of people, and then they rioted, and they started killing Cossacks, and the Tsar was threatened with his rulership. Started in 1905, around January 1905. And then came, or Moscow or something, but essentially it, it occurred, and then here come the First World War, and essentially the Russian soldiers are just being massacred, you know, they only have enough guns, enough moisine, got rifles for them all, Essentially, they're being massacred on the Eastern Front by the Prussians and the Austrians. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and then, so the end result was, okay, what are we going to, what are we going to, uh, you know, what are we going to, you know, what are we going to do here? And essentially, then you had a number of Russian revolutions under social revolutionaries, under Kerensky, and he wasn't able to keep things going. And the second Russian revolution, financed by you know, American Jews, you know, and Trotsky, you know, spent time in New York here. He was, you know, he was paid for by the Warburgs, you know, and the Rothschilds. Yeah, Essentially, but, you know, you ended up having that revolution being financed from New York. And so, you know, my hero, Felix Struczynski, says, hey, I know how to safeguard the revolution. Just simply kill everything, every." You know, member who's dangerous of the ancient regime, all the way from the village policemen, who they call pharaohs, who they hated, all the way up to the czar of all the Russians. And over 19, over 18 months, he went to exterminate 250,000 regime criminals and their families. You know what I mean? And yeah, so nothing I, wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that here. And essentially, of all the people, of all the people in the bowel movement, I'm the one who says is that hey. We can indeed kill our way to a, essentially a successful revolution, but the whole point is that it doesn't really matter if the population is reduced to 10% or 20% of what it was, just as long as the vast majority of that population is white. You know what I mean? Cut yeah. Off, you know, yeah. Essentially cut off the head, <laughs> cut off the organs of the police, essentially – Essentially, cut off the ones who are benefiting from this treason. Essentially, you know, just you know, just starve to death or gun down the niggers and the mamsers. You know, cut. You know, I mean, essentially, you know, I, I might have someone like Bevsky here. 
I'll say, hey, we're going to kill all the Jews. I can go ahead and tell Damsky, I said, look, uh, hey, I wouldn't mind making you one of my capos here. Give you, give you one gun, give you one pistol here with one bullet and tell you you can use it to shoot yourself, you can use it to shoot news cuts, or you can use it to shoot the intern. You know what I mean? Your choice. You know? uh, and in many cases, you offer, you offer them, you offer, essentially, you, you essentially buy off the Jews here by essentially offering them their Jew reservation somewhere away. You know, I, you know, I wouldn't mind letting them have all in Long Island here. They can go ahead, essentially, uh, and then you go ahead and feed, you know, feed them and, you know, only feed them half rations here. Let them decide which Jews to eat here on the, uh, on the, res- on the Jew reservation here. You know what I mean? You, you always give them, you always give them an out. You know what I mean? You always yeah, go but that out. Give them an out. But that out is still gonna is still gonna result in their utter decimation. I don't care how it goes. I, you know, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against giving them an out too. Something something of an out, but you're still gonna be all sterilized or whatever, so that in one generation after you die off, that's gonna be it. You know, if we're gonna go through this big bloodthirsty murder festival, which we're gonna have here coming up which I hope happens one of these days anyway, you know, eventually we got to make it a once and for all thing. Not having to chase these damn Jews into some other country and have them come right back again like they always do, you know. Got to end it see, once and for all. See, what you see over, you see essentially what you see in Europe. You know, maybe not. You know, maybe not so much in Romania. Maybe not so much in the Slavic countries here. But really, you see in Germany and Sweden, you see pretty well the end of them as a country. You see them as the end. I mean, essentially, they are getting to the point here where, you know, essentially, you're going to have to survive by going ahead and killing and, you know, decimating your elites and essentially imposing a military dictatorship to where you will butcher out these damn Muslims. You will go ahead and essentially cleanse your country or you're going to die. You know what I mean? You know, you would, yeah. you would say that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about, oh, no, Greece owes $16 billion and they don't want you. I mean, you know, hell. You know, hey, just you know, if I was the Greeks, I'd say, hey, guess what? We'll send you. You know, you know, on our islands here, I mean, essentially we can't afford to keep these Syrians out. Guess what? Well, instead of you know paying me off, we'll go ahead and pay you off in Syrian refugees here. here how about another couple million of them here? You know what I mean? Run through yeah. Greece or something like that. Yeah, you know, we'll pay you pay off. In boat you know, we'll pay we'll pay you off in you know Syrian boat people here. Okay, you know, I mean. How in the world? How in the world is Germany going to be a first world country if they're going to force upon their own population, you know, like this one village of 102 people? They're talking about putting 750,000, 750 of these creatures, of these creatures in. Well, you see, that's something for the German things. people to worry about, though. The kikes who run the country, they couldn't give a shit whether Germany, the whole country shrivels up and dies, and the whole culture, you know, goes into the it goes into history, because their little their little clan is still going to be around somewhere. They're going to wander off into some other country. You know, you can't well, really I say, think. oh, you know, uh, the Germans, 
how can the German politicians, you know, think this is a good thing? Because it isn't them doing it anyway. So Jew boys are running everything now. They have total control over this place. Okay. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, do, I, do, I do agree that, essentially, you know, that's why I said is that it was designed by Yahweh to become the way it is now here. And Jews being the spawn of Satan, their number one, you know, their number one goal isn't for them to survive, for for them to live. Their number one goal is to, well, essentially destroy, you know, the you know the Adamic race here. That's their number one priority. Not even their own lives here. You know, they're the parasite, which will is indeed intent on killing the host here. The question is, is that you know, you know, unlike most of the other bowel movements here. You know, I mean, I realize it's not going to be, it's not, you know, I mean, I go ahead and look at this faggy-looking bunch of old geezers, the old intellectual geezers like Kevin McDonald and, you know, all these other characters. I look at old country air walrus. I've been banned from country air walruses' accidental dipshit since uh, June of uh, this year when I was sticking up for Dylan Roof. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I you, were, mean you were making them look like extremists, Martin, and that's what they don't like. Well, because I they want to be look, mainstream. Said, no, no, no. no, I was making them look like pussies is what they don't like here. They want to pretend they're they're cutting edge or something like that. And I was telling them they're just a lot, bunch of lying pussies is what they are here. I mean, come on. Uh, you don't, you know, I mean... <laughs> How dare it's immoral to kill niggers? Well, why? Yeah. Why? Why is it immoral to kill old niggers in church, which essentially was founded by this, by this one nigger who plotted to kill all the white people in Charleston? You know what I mean? I mean because essentially you know, they've they've bought the multiculturalism too. They just you know kind of they don't like the. Uh, the anti-white part of it—that's what they don't like. You know, they think it's like it's gone to it's it's like it's uh, it's anti-racism to them. You know, it's it's not. You know, they'd love to they'd love to love the niggers. It's just the niggers don't love them back. You know, and that's kind of what they what they don't like about it more than anything else. And that's why they're well, against they it. it. They think other it's than that, they wouldn't be it. against it. They think it is immoral to survive. Is immoral for you to live. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I gotta wonder, well, cut hair walrus, if some nigger, if some nigger fight went ahead and gunned down, you know, uh, cut hair walrus's wife, poker hot ass, and little baby poker hot ass, I mean, if he went ahead, if they went ahead and gunned down old cut hair walrus's wife and child, if niggers did it, if they went ahead and, you know, started feeding on them, I wonder if old Cut Hair Wallace would still think it was immoral to kill niggers. You know what I mean? Oh, he now, might smart enough if it was him. Well, yes, maybe, maybe. I mean, some they, people maybe do. Maybe not. Some people. And maybe do. not, yeah. Maybe not. Some people never see maybe the light, not. no matter what. You know. They don't here. I mean, you know, I. I you know, these people know me. They go ahead and they read my. They go ahead and read my web page. They go ahead and read my blog here, 
And so, so I make it quite clear that I think, you know, that essentially these people need to die. These people need to be sent screaming to hell. And essentially, you know, if they go against your family and your grandkids, you go against their children and grandchildren unto however many generations, and you destroy them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. You, know, you don't have you don't have any, you know, I mean, mercy is wasted on these. You know, what is mercy? It's really unmerited pardon. And these people don't deserve mercy. You know, they certainly don't. They deserve, they deserve justice. And justice means that their families are destroyed. You know, they they get to live with the consequences of their evil actions. But the vast yeah, majority, yeah. vast majority of these people, they don't want to learn anything. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to. Essentially, they want, I guess, a a racial ethnostate handed to them, they believe they're going to get it through whining and pissing and moaning. And they're not. You know what I mean? It's not going no. to happen here. I'm quite sure I'm quite sure there's still a few people let me see, they'd be in the seventies. I bet there's maybe even a few people you know, there's probably even a few World War Two SS veterans still left alive in Germany here. And essentially, you know, they're the only ones entitled to say, I told you so. You know what I mean? I told you yeah. so, but... Uh, they can't say it, though, because you go to jail for that in Germany. Yeah, you go to jail for I just saw a story where they were, they were already putting people in jail for that, for writing stories putting, about how bad the, putting, uh, the new immigrants putting, are. They're putting... They're, they, they were trying a essentially a female accountant for 300,000 cases of murder at Auschwitz because essentially she was an accountant at, she was a female accountant at Auschwitz. And not saying she actually killed any Jews. No, she was just part of this generation which was around Auschwitz, which supposedly had something to do with 300,000 know, Jews being killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you, you hear you end up hearing you end up hearing even quote conservative Jews. Yeah, you know, I, I got this uh, I looked at this blog called Sultan Kanish here. And essentially he's a Jew who is against what's happening in America because he's a Jew who is more concerned for himself than his original program to essentially destroy the Adamic people. You know what I mean? And he wants a bit but still you know, be it James Cussler, be it any of these Jews, they whine and they piss and they moan. They whine, they piss and they moan about well, they you know, they, they whine, they piss and moan here about how dare the Palestinians kill these wonderful Jews here. Well, if yeah. you want to claim the Germans had something to do with the Holocaust, you know, and you end up having Netanyahu who's claimed there was a Holocaust because essentially Palestinians didn't really like being displaced from their land and their property, then where do you get off? Where do you get off bitching and pissing and moaning about you know any of this? You know any of this shit here. You know what I mean? But essentially, you know, why why are the Palestinians responsible for what the so-called Nazis in Germany did here in the, Holoc- in the so-called Holocaust? Well, they're responsible in the in the sense that they're goyims, and all goyims are responsible for everything. It doesn't matter what, you know. 
If we put the if somebody put their grandmother or their twenty seven grandmothers in the gas chamber, then if it was one goyim, it might as well be all goyims. That's the way they look at it. Okay. I always wonder. I always wonder how many of those Jews actually believe that crap. You know, I mean, we all know it's garbage, and probably every Jew that was ever actually there knows it was garbage. But all their kids, their grandkids, have been growing up listening to all these bullshit Holocaust stories. Like, how many of them actually believe that it's real? That's that's the statistic I'd like to see one day. Of course, you're never going to see that one printed in the uh, in the New York Times or anything. But uh, it would just be interesting to see, like, even among the Jewish community, like. How solid is the belief in the Holocaust, you know? Well, it pays for them to believe in it here. Well, sure. They believe, yeah. it, they believe in it they believe in it because it benefits them. Yeah. Interest. Everything yeah, is interest, Martin. Self self interest, yeah. Self interest. Anyway, yeah. So I don't know. For me, I got uh, you know. For me, I got to go ahead. I can't go ahead and lay up. I can't go ahead and stop. I've got to go ahead and uh, essentially tell this federal judge is that hey, if that's the way you want to play this game, to where you know uh, essentially pigs get to threaten people with false arrests whenever they want to. You know, as I look at it, it this is essentially an, you know. Uh, I mean, essentially, this is treason. Any policeman who goes ahead and threatens the false arrest is the same as if he made a false arrest. And essentially, if he makes a false arrest and he is threatening violence or terrorism, as a result of essentially getting his own way, him and his family deserve to be put to death as traitors here. You know what I mean? And they, you know, well, I mean, essentially, any any of the arrest of them who do this sort of thing, I mean. Really, when it comes down to it, uh, I don't have any interest in allowing, I mean, essentially, unless it's a pig who essentially will turn traitor on those other pigs and start skinning them out, I don't really have any interest in essentially letting any of them live. You know what I mean? You know yeah. I mean? It's, you know, that, it's, 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 it's essentially all, the, all these figures, all the rest of them here, and I see in the movement, oh, no, they're going to push all in FEMA camps. Well, why? Why bother? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah well, well, what I always tell them is, like, why would they put you in a FEMA camp tomorrow? Like, you haven't done anything today. You haven't done anything yesterday, the day before, the day before that. I mean, what, you know, like they're going to put you in there because you're so dangerous or something? Like, shit, man. None of us are dangerous. If we were dangerous, we'd be able to kill the streets killing people. And then, yeah, maybe they'd have to put us in FEMA camps, but like, that's not even happening just once in a while. Like one that's, one that's guy will freak out here me. or there, you know. That's the next thing that gets me here. I mean, essentially, they are fast tracking Dylan Roof here for you know for first degree murder and not you know for shooting nine niggers. Okay. Well, guess yeah. what? His trial, his trial is going to be in January or February or spring sometime in 2016. Here, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, uh, if you're going to go ahead and gun down, you're going to go ahead and gun down any zoblings here. Your biggest, your biggest enemy for the next two years is going to be boredom in a jail cell. You know what I mean? Now, if you have yeah. somebody on the outside sending you commissary money, 
I mean, comes their money, and essentially, uh, you know, I mean, they'll they'll go ahead. You know, more than likely, he's in solitary confinement, but maybe not. I don't know. But in in any you know, case, you can uh, you can try not to get thrown in there in the first place, though. Like he could have put a can on a rifle and and done the same job from four blocks away in the bushes and probably got away with it or at least or got three guys, maybe not nine or, you know, done something. Drove away in his little car and nobody ever would have known it was him. Well, he had gone right back and did the same thing next weekend. It was his own relatives, his own relatives here who turned him in. His own uncle, I think his own uncle, his own mother, his own father, whatever, his sister, whatever. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, family, actually. His own family, he went ahead and says, hey, that's Dylan, that's Dylan Wolf, my brother. And essentially then, you know, his, his Anglo Mestizo friend here went ahead and says, oh, thank old Dylan did it. And guess what? He's getting, he's being charged here with lying to pig life here for not telling everything they thought he ought to have told. Essentially because the goofy bastard went ahead and called him up. You know what I mean? He had done better saying, well, well, he said here. I mean, you know, he didn't talk about it. How how, how yeah. do they know any different here? You know what I mean? But he's getting in trouble for talking essentially to pigs. You know what I mean? Which should teach people don't talk to pigs. Don't talk to you know pigs. I mean? Yeah. Don't talk Rule to number pigs. one. Rule number one. I mean, that's you know, that's why I got sent to the nut house. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, you know, here's this, here's this, you know, here's this uh, head of nursing for the for the program. You know, he's some English guy here, and he tells me, well, we know you're not insane, but as long as you insist upon, you know, not hiring a, not hiring or allowing a public pretender to represent you, you can stay here and rot for 20 years for all we care. You know what I mean? Jeez. You know, that, you know. Well, and yeah, there's just nothing I mean, you can do about that. No appeal, no there nothing. Is, there isn't. There is. And I, now, like I told him here, I said, shit, of all the people, you know, who hate the government, you know, the guy who ran for governor a couple times, the United States Senate for a couple times, and was a militia leader and essentially is essentially the biggest racist in, you know, in Missouri. I can't save my own family. And I can't keep you people from illegally sending me to my house here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to do whatever the hell you want to do. And essentially, I want to put these people in the same position. I want to do to where essentially there's nothing they can do. You know, they can go ahead and either bite off their stock testicles here. You know, say, or what happens is that I can go ahead and cut, you know, have somebody cut them off myself, but then I'm going to go ahead and skin out their spawn here. I mean, essentially, if this DNA test turns, you know, turns out that he's white here, guess what? He's going to be my little Daniel. You know, he's going to serve me as a castrati here. But at least he'll be alive. You know, now you, you're going to have to be the spawn of these mongrels here. You've been running through the wood chipper here because their DNA test turned out they were mongrels. But say, you know, and you're going to have the solitary confinement to where you're going to be blinded and castrated. And essentially, you'll have your hands cut off. But I'll while you're hearing in one ear and, you know, maybe your voice so you can scream. And essentially, that's going to be your solitary confinement. You're going to be eating the spawn, you know, the mongrel spawn of your fellow pigs and judges and lawyers, and essentially you're going to be wanting to die, but that's you know, you're, that's going to be your solitary confinement. And essentially, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. I mean, essentially, I want to, you know, and you won't have any morality to change because you're going to get what you dished out. 
You know, they don't, yeah. they don't like hearing, they don't like hearing that from me. So I don't know. I, you see, for me, I, have, I don't, I don't even want to keep them around in any one form or another. I just want them gone, you know. Well, I want to, I want this situation cured. It's, it's not even I, a, it's not even for me a matter of vengeance. I, well, I don't. For me, for me it is. For me it is. I mean, I really, because, I really want. And to I understand it. that. You know what I mean? And I understand it for what they've done to you. Yeah, it is. And hey, I wish you all the best. I, you know, I hope it happens. But for me, I I would just, you know, rope them up, be done with it. I don't really care. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want my niggers to be punished. I just want them gone. You know, I want them out of my hair so I don't have to look at them, smell them, hear them. You know, you're not really. You're not trying to re-educate niggers. You're not trying to re-educate Jews. You're not trying to re-educate no. managers here. You know what I mean? What you're trying to do, you know, the purpose of the torture, the purpose of the torture of the former Uyghur regime criminals, the purpose of that is essentially to salvage, you know, like my brother here, in a more in a more forward time here, he would know better you know, just like Jenny would have known better than kill her husband here. I mean, essentially, she would be burned at the stake here publicly. She wouldn't benefit from her crime. You know, in the case of my yeah. brother, why he would be, you know, he would essentially be skinned out or whatever. He, you know, him and his spawn, there would be no point to it. With these regime criminals, when you're skinning out, when you're skinning them out here, essentially the purpose is to go ahead and tell all the other Uyghurs who have the inclination to take the easy route here, this is not the easy route. This essentially will have, you know, essentially the purpose of torturing Uyghur regime criminals is essentially to tell the other Uyghurs that there's a new, there's a new regime in town, and essentially there is going to be justice. There is going to be, essentially, there's going to be payback Essentially, the old regime is not able to save itself, much less save you from your evil doing. And the whole purpose is that creatures like my brother who, you know, essentially, you know, if you go ahead and listen to tape here, my brother was sort of scared. You know, here comes the sheriff's department. And then he goes ahead and figures out that the sheriff, the sheriff's deputy, Corporal Barnes, he don't know him. He doesn't know my brother from, you know, from that. He just knows he's my brother. He doesn't even know his name. He doesn't know who he is. Essentially, he knows damn well who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. He knows damn well that this, you know, that this particular sheriff isn't there to arrest him. He's there to find an excuse to arrest me and put me in jail. And essentially, here's the pig going ahead and threatening to put me in jail. And essentially, that's why I keep on saying in my original complaint, my mother's death warrant was written around 4.30 p.m., February 18th of 2013, because essentially, you know, whatever Mr. Winstead wants, and then, I don't know, Mike, I don't know, Mike, I don't know, you, do you really want me to move back down? Yeah, she wants, she wants to move down. She wants to know that her oldest son and her daughter want her to move down. Mike doesn't want it. He wants to go ahead and sell that place so she can't move down, so he can go ahead and lose whatever's left of her estate. You know what I mean? Because he has yeah. power of attorney. And essentially, that, you know, the old woman, and that's what my sister says. She used to work for these welfare pubes here. She realizes, she essentially, you know, she said the, the, the surest fire way 
to kill an old person is to put him in a nursing home and then sell his house. So he can't, you know, so essentially that nursing home is his last day on earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take away all hope of ever getting out or anything. Yeah. And once that's gone, that's. Once that's gone, you know, I mean, essentially, you know, what's the purpose of living? And essentially that's what my, you know, that's essentially my brother was told that he would get away with it. You know what I mean? That's a shame. Not me. Now, me, what I did is what I did is that essentially, okay, baby, you threatened twice, maybe three times to arrest me. I've already got what I want here because what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend three hundred fifty dollars, so I'm going to file of Title Forty Two, Section One Nine Eight Three, so that everybody knows, including the auctioneer, that if you buy, if you buy this property, you buy this house, essentially, you bought. You've gone ahead and bought a fifty thousand dollar lawsuit for you know, and, and including a shitty house for maybe six or seven or ten thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. So essentially, what happens is that that lawsuit saved the house and the farm. You know what I mean? So essentially, the lawsuit has already been successful. The purpose of the lawsuit continuing is to go ahead and have an excuse to exterminate the Newton County Sheriff's Department, the Newton County. Judges, the Newton County lawyers, the Newton County essentially Republican and Democrat establishment. I mean, essentially, the lawsuit was successful in getting what was there here. Essentially, all that's in now here is to find a causeless bellite to go in and exterminate, I mean, essentially, the Newton County and Missouri political establishment. You understand what Establishing I'm saying? A- you killed my mother. That means you, you already destroyed my family. Now I don't want to get to go ahead and have a reason, you know, a, a moral reason to exterminate your children and grandchildren. Now I have a reason to go ahead and exterminate your mother, your father, essentially your sisters and brothers here. So essentially, okay. you know, you hear something like so that? So, so to establish a moral right, essentially, is what you're doing this for more than anything well, yeah, else. Yeah, I mean... I mean, essentially, you know, look, Judge, you want to go ahead and say the pigs can go ahead and threaten people with false arrest? Fine. That means that that any policeman in the future here for the different regime can go ahead and threaten the arrest. Essentially, if they're not, if they're too powerful to go ahead and arrest and put to death that day, essentially, it's just simply a threat here. It's not actionable. But on the other hand, you know, what happens is you can go ahead and give a false arrest here, and if you're the powerful enough, you can go ahead and essentially exterminate. You can go ahead and exterminate, you know, your political enemies, you know, uh, essentially. And these people said that this is moral and this is legal to do so here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the whole, the whole well, I mean, you know, if you make it if you make it legal for them to threaten one crime, which is false arrest, well, then what is then illegal about threatening to rape you, kill you, you know, that sort of thing? Yeah. There's, there's nothing's illegal then. Nothing, nothing really is illegal here. It's just a matter of who is in power. Whoever's in power, the law, essentially the law is nothing more than whatever those in power say it is. And essentially, if policemen get to go ahead and act like nothing but thugs, then guess what? You can do whatever the hell you want to. For example, for example, uh, for example, uh, you know, the same attorney general went ahead and put to death 
put to death Joe Paul Franklin. Well, guess what? The same attorney general has allowed the St. Louis prosecutor to manipulate the grand jury system to where Darren Wilson got away with killing a nigger. You know what I mean? So the question yeah. of it is, is that, hey, you killed, you killed my nigger, you know, nigger shooter. I mean, essentially, you know, and you've gone ahead and left your nigger shooter to run wild. And essentially, in many cases, you you essentially, I mean, I love it. I love I love going ahead and saying niggers kill pigs and pigs kill niggers. You know what I mean? There's no there's no downside to it. You understand what I'm saying? There's no downside. Yeah, if they killed each other off, it'd be less work for us anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's a good thing when niggers kill pigs and pigs kill niggers. Yep. You know what I mean? It really is. Let them have it out. You know, let them have it out here. I mean, there's no downside to it now, is there? Well, not at all. <laughs> you know, and, and, and folks, uh, you know, I mean, how much are you out? Let's say niggers riot, and essentially they go ahead and burn down half of Baltimore. And then what happens in the wigger pigs, even the nigger pigs are scared to arrest, you know, essentially arrest riding niggers. You know what I mean? You know, the whole the whole place turns more shitty and shittier and shittier and shittier all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, as long as long as you don't live in Baltimore, that's well, that's yeah. a good thing for us to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're a stupid Quaker living in Baltimore, I don't know. I'm I'm inclined to think you deserve whatever the fuck you get. You know what I mean? Pretty right? much, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. <laughs> I gotta hit the road, Martin. It's three o'clock in the morning okay. here. I actually got work yeah, to do yeah. tomorrow, so I can't stay up all night. Anyway, all right. well, I, I should. Well, I, I'm gonna end up staying up all night, but at least I have an idea. I mean, essentially, what I'm going to do is write the transcript, write the transcript, and then go ahead. I mean, with this particular lawsuit, you know, essentially, if it ends up being the the rump ends up being dismissed, I'm going to go ahead and be able to take it to the Eighth Circuit. I mean, essentially, I do believe it's going to end up being dismissed. This judge has cut off this particular lawsuit. He's partitioned like a rump here, and like I pointed out, he's yet well, you know, the amended complaint against the original defendants didn't state anything. Well, essentially, the amended complaint was not amended in relationship to the original defendants here. The, the purpose of the original complaint was to save the house and an acre that the house sat on. And essentially, that was accomplished. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, essentially, yeah. the rest of it is just simply, the rest of it is just simply an argument to where, okay, judge, you, you know, federal judge, you want to go ahead and say the pigs get to, you know, threaten false arrest. The, the pigs get to essentially commit terrorism and treason, that's fine. You know, essentially, what do you think? What do you think the odds of your survival is when essentially your pigs are no longer the pigs in charge, and essentially your enemies are now the new pigs? You know, you rule the pigs can go ahead and threaten, the pigs can go ahead and falsely arrest, the pigs can go ahead and murder. That's fine. You know what I mean? Well, what do you think they think they're going to be in power forever, and that's what it boils down well, to. Well, that's exactly what they don't they think do. it's ever going to get used on them. They never think it's going to get used on them here. And essentially, no. my job my job is to point out 
you know, not you know, not whine about you know white genocide, not whine about you know how Jews are different than white people. You know, I mean, you know, five hundred damn near five hundred twenty-seven or four hundred ninety-five pages by Dr. Kevin McDonald that Jews are different than white people. Well, I got I got this five word sentence: Jews are the spawn of Satan. Of That's Satan. Just worse. Well. I mean, you know, Jews are spawn of Satan. That means they're born evil. Born evil! And essentially, you can't change them here. The whole purpose, the whole purpose of the torture is not for the benefit of niggers, you know, to scare them, because niggers cannot be scared. I mean, essentially, the niggers are niggers. You know, the purpose is not to scare gooks. Gooks are gooks. The purpose is not to scare mamsers here. I mean, and really, most managers that are smart, they would just assume be ruled by white people. The whole purpose, the whole purpose of the torture is to get the Whiggers, who essentially don't have any morals, like my brother and, you know, the hippo, to essentially, you know, essentially engage their sense of consequence. You know what I mean? Think and twice about what they're doing, yeah. Think twice about what they're doing. Essentially, know that regardless of what they do, they will get caught. And when they get caught, they will get skinned. And that's going to be the end of it. So, anyway, I'm going to let you go. And uh, I'm glad you called in and saved the show for about an extra hour or so. You know what I mean? Yeah, always good. Always a pleasure speaking with you, Martin. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you on the uh, show as well. Anyway, okay, good night, Pastor Winslet. Good night. Uh, Cornell U. Condrenu. Is that close enough? I guess it is. Anyway, uh, folks, I think I'm going to call it a night. About the only one who's left is a few sundry nimbusters, probably Johnny Tonto Britton. And Johnny Tonto. When I have a little more time, I'll put up the YouTube video of the Ford F-150, 1978 Ford F-150 uh, being started up and on blocks. You know, and the point is you don't need to have to spend ten or $12,000 for a Ford Bronco or for a che- you know, Chevrolet Suburban and then tear it into pieces and then put it up on blocks while you can go ahead and spend only $1,000 and still have your Ford F-150 working and put it up on blocks. So until then, I'm going to go ahead and pull an all-nighter. I'm going to go ahead and say hail victory. May Yahweh bless and good night. <laughs> so the Jew down the world. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.